This episode is brought to you by AT&T. Everyone gets AT&T's best deal on the new iPhone 14 Pro. So people currently listening to comedy podcasts and people listening to political podcasts and people listening to true crime podcasts who actually can't stop listening to true crime podcasts. The point is everyone, new and existing customers. Ask how to get up to $800 off the new iPhone 14 Pro with the incredible camera with eligible trade-in. Visit att.com or our stores for details. Terms and restrictions may apply. Give us a thumbs up, thumbs down. If you're new here, give us a subscribe hit that subscribe button ring that bell we would appreciate it it really helps with our algorithms too would you make a comment after the show and get some conversation going we'd appreciate that kathy evans how are you thanks for coming on in and there's uh bill wd40 looking beautiful tonight in the speaker chat room he's ready to lube us up for tonight's show we appreciate you bill wd40 thank you for coming on in and uh, I know he's listening. He's like, he loves it. He does. Uh, let's just send him a little note here. There we go. He'll like that. <clears throat> All right, we got uh, about 35 seconds. John Russell is our guest tonight. Super Duke, Super Duke. Latro, how's it going, buddy? Nice to see you here. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good night, guys. John Russell is full of stories. You're going to appreciate them. I'm totally going to appreciate them. We're going to get lost in the woo with a lot of paranormal stories tonight with John. You're going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let's make this thing happen. Super Chat is open. It's a great way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. And getting your SOR swag from our website helps as well. Hordes up. Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show and our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Street Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a very, very busy show for you tonight. First two hours, psychic medium author, researcher John Russell will join us talking all things paranormal. Then in hour number three, we have Kareen, Leanne, and Kelly coming in for half an hour to talk about ghosts along the Gold Rush Trail, a TV spectacle that is happening here in Canada. We're a part of that. We are. And then at 11.30, Swamp Dweller comes on in. Tim Senor will bring us the UFO report. 
All right, let's kick back, kick our shoes off, get cozy for some spooky, spooky woo tonight. John Russell makes his second appearance on Spaced Out Radio this year. He has been a professional psychic for more than half a century. Internationally known, he has provided psychic readings for clients in over 40 countries. He's filmed a television pilot for the History Channel in which he psychically explored the assassination of President Abraham Lincoln. For over 15 years, he's been heard worldwide talking about his paranormal supernatural encounters and his psychic abilities we're glad to have him back here on spaced out radio john russell my friend the beard is looking fantastic and we're glad to have you back how you been doing i've been doing great dave thank you so much for having me here i appreciate it so much it's always a pleasure it's great to be back for a second interview with you appreciate everyone in the chat and dirty filth amazing as always so we're going to have some fun tonight absolutely now you are a renowned psychic this is something you were born with this is something that you've helped counsel other people for what's the weirdest reading you have ever given does it stick out to you (laughs) there was one reading that was so weird Dave I don't remember if we discussed it before but it's worth repeating if we did I had a brand new client and uh as I was reading for the man, as, as soon as I started the reading, I said, um, I'm, I'm getting who I believe to be your son. And I described him and he said, yes, that's, that's the physical characteristics of my son. And I said, is your son dead? Because I'm getting this, this great gulf, this sensation of distance between you and your son. And he said, no. And I said, oh, okay. So we went on a little bit and I said, you're, you're telling me your son's not dead, but are you, are you sure your son's not dead? I mean, you, you know, your son, you know, his whereabouts or whatever, because I'm getting this huge, vast distance between you and your son, like he's on the other side. And again, he said, no. And so I went on with the reading, told him several other things. And and I had to go back one more time and ask him again about his son. No, no, my son. And so I went on with the reading and uh, I thought, you know, I've never had a problem reading anybody anywhere in the world, but maybe the radar's off this time, whatever. So I asked him about the reading and, and how it went and so on and so forth. Oh, great, great, great. The accurate, super bad. Okay. And we get down toward the end of the reading. And uh, I, I said, well, uh, you know, how, how do you feel about the reading? And he said, well, it was really good, really great. But I, I wish you'd spent more time talking about my dead son. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and I had asked him point blank several times, is your son deceased? Is he on the other side? I'm getting this sense of a great gulf between you and your son. He kept saying, no, no, no. And then at the end, he says, I wish you'd spent more time telling me about my dead son. And I was just a gobsmack. I didn't even know what to say. And I had another client scheduled right after him. I had to go. I couldn't like, you know, what the heck? I couldn't discuss it with him. So that was one of the most bizarre readings I've had that I remember. When you're reading people, what do you see or what do you hear? I hear uh, spirit voices, sometimes audibly, sometimes just in my head. Uh, I see visions. Uh, I I will see uh, people from the other side. Uh, Deceased loved ones will come to me, describe themselves to me, so I can relay that information to the clients. I can see inside clients' homes. I can describe their homes accurately and, and so on and so forth. So I have a, a plethora of things that come to me during readings, sometimes sounds, 
sometimes vibrations of all, all manner of manifestations. And those things come for that specific client uh, to give them a specific bit of information or confirmation or something to, to help them to believe, to help them connect with the other side. Um, one of the most bizarre things that happens, and just recently clients have told me this, but as long as I've been reading, people have told me this, that, and they all tell me, they say, John, you have a very distinctive voice. It's, it's very easily recognizable. And they'll talk to me, you know, beforehand to schedule the reading so they know my voice. And clients have told me this repeatedly throughout the years and including recently. They've said, John, before my reading, before you call me before my reading, um, I'm, I'm sitting here in my house and it may be half an hour before you're calling. And I hear your voice out loud in my home going, hello, so-and-so, or how are you, or I'm, I'm calling soon, or this is just... And it's like, <laughs> it's really bizarre. So I've had that a lot. So there's a lot of manifestations that go on during the readings. What do you do when a spirit is a little over-aggressive? Uh, you know, you, you just learn to deal with it over the years. There are people on the other side or entities on the other side that really, really want to communicate and, and really want to get things across. And you have to honor that. You have to honor the message and honor the spirit, the entity, the person, whomever. At the same time, you have to have the experience to go, okay, I'm going to store all this information they're wanting to get across. And at the appropriate time and in the appropriate way, I'm going to give that to the client. So some things, well, for example, uh, sometimes uh, people on the other side will tell me that a client's, let's say a father is about to die. And the other side will communicate clearly to me. You can give this information to them directly. And it's, it's going to be something beneficial. It's not going to crush them. It's not going to upset them. So I'll say, look, you know, your father has a month or whatever the other side tells me. And they'll go, yeah, yeah, I, I, I kind of figured that. And other times the information comes in such a way, the other side gives it to me in such a way that, um, you know, have you, have you seen your dad lately? No, he lives up in the Northeast. Well, you better get a ticket and better go see him. You need to spend some time with it. And then it kind of clicks for them, you know, and they oh, okay. Um, and then other times it's like, okay, I'm, I'm getting this, but hold off a little bit. I've got to figure out a way to get this to the client in a way that's not going to totally freak them out. And uh, so it's, uh, for me, it's, it's all part and parcel of it. And uh, over the years I've learned how to deal with, every matter of, of spirit, person on the other side, various entities, intelligences, so on and so forth. And uh, it's it's a comfortable way of life for me. Do you regret not having a normal childhood? I realize this is normal for you, mm. but do, yeah. do, you, do you regret not having a normal life? Not at all. I wouldn't trade my life and my experiences I've had for anything in the world. This started, as we discussed, you know, in the previous uh, interview, uh, this started when I was five years old, and it's all I've ever known, and uh, it has had its problems, yes, because when you're growing up this way, you get ostracized, you get made fun of, you're feared, uh, you know, all kinds of things happen, and that continues on into adulthood to one degree or the other, but I have been able to um, validate the reality of the other side 
And I have been able to help thousands and thousands of clients over the years and point them to better lives and communicate with their loved ones on the other side and bring resolution, bring closure to them and bring uh, a sense of happiness and joy and faith to them. And all of that's, that's worth everything in the world. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. So I've been very, very happy with my life with all its ups and downs. I wouldn't have traded it. I don't think that I missed out on anything in childhood. If anything, I think it may have enriched my childhood in certain ways. And of course made it harder in others, but, uh, I, I love the life I've led and wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Well, I'm going to do something tonight because we have you for the first two hours of this show. Yeah. If you, pick, yeah. if you pick up anything on me or anybody in our YouTube chat room tonight, I want you to blurt it out. Okay. It doesn't matter. We'll do. If, you, doesn't if matter. the other side gives me anything, I will do yeah. that. I am an open book for you tonight. It's very rare <laughs> that I will say that, but if you pick up on anything about me, you can go there. Yeah. Okay. Will do. All right. And I, and just, just for our audience, reading, we don't do readings on this show, but if John picks something up, we're going to get him to spook it up a little bit and uh, all of a sudden just tell us what you're seeing. I think that'll okay. be a, I think that'll be a, a lot of fun. I, I, it really will. John, you know, you've been around a lot of ghosts and spirits, famous ghosts. Yeah. You've went after Abraham Lincoln. You've you've dealt with others. You know, what is the hardest part about communicating with the dead? You know, it's uh, for me. It's there's nothing really hard about it. For me, it's uh, it's an easy um, experience. Um, something easy to do. I think if there's a difficult part of it, it's trying to convince other people that, <coughs> excuse me, that the other side is real, that we do live after death, and trying to combat the skepticism that people have. And, you know, it's funny, back when I was in my teens and, and going towards my 20s, um, Growing up in West Texas, uh, you know, the lower part of the Bible Belt, and, and the era at the time, you just didn't talk about this stuff. It was just forbidden. If you did, you were a nutcase. You were made fun of. You could lose your job. Uh, it was demonic. It was evil. You know, the church ostracized you or whatever. And then as time went on, the pendulum swung the other way, and, and people became a little more receptive to the idea and a little more open to the idea. And one of the things is I've observed recently, and I've discussed this with other people in other podcasts I've been on, and people are kind of seeing the same thing. The pendulum seems to be swinging back now the other way, and people are, are more hostile in their skepticism and more disbelieving and more willing to ostracize someone if they claim a psychic gift rather than being interested in saying, well, maybe, what if? So at this stage of the game, the pendulum's kind of swung back the other way, and it's the difficulty now lies in talking to people, getting them to accept the possibility of a psychic gift, accept the possibility of life after death, accept the possibility of the paranormal, the supernatural, so on and so forth. And I've noticed even after the government report came out about the UFOs, and they, the government acknowledged that they're real, acknowledged they're physical objects, and basically have said they're not ours. In spite of that, 
there seems to be a renewed hostility and a renewed disbelief about UFOs. So it's, it's really been crazy to see all this come about. And I think if there's any difficulty there, that's it is, is dealing with the, the hostile skeptics out there that have their minds made up and they're not going into it saying, okay, you know, maybe there's a possibility, show me or whatever. They're just going in saying, nope, there's no such thing, period, end discussion. And it's, uh, it's always been hard to overcome that. But I think if there's one thing that's frustrating for me or difficult for me, that's it. Do you believe the naivety of people right now is what's causing great friction regarding the advancement of any topic, whether it's learning more about life after death or the potentiality that we are not alone in this universe? I do believe that the naivete of people is is causing a great difficulty. And you look at social media and you see that because people are willing to believe nearly anything uh, without any kind of um, documentation or supporting facts or anything else. And it's really funny because people have this great reluctance toward the paranormal, UFOs, psychics, so on and so forth. But if you put some ridiculous something out on social media, people will believe it, like it, repost it, and so on and so forth. So it's it's really kind of a bizarre dichotomy that we're experiencing right now in that regard. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, people do have that naivete. And they have that naivete if they do come to believe in the paranormal, in psychics, in the supernatural realm. There's a huge naivete there in that. They have so many misconceptions. They're willing to believe so many misconceptions. And anything that anybody will post, they'll believe, they'll swallow, they'll take it to heart. And as we've discussed before, you know, that's not the way uh, of the paranormal realm. Hi, Christina. <laughs> Bless your heart. Yeah, but, we love uh, Christina it, around here. Christina Gomez, great talent in this field. Brilliant talent. Yeah, for you. Bless your heart. So... I want to ask you, before we get into some stories here, you know, you like what you do. You like the fact that you get to deal with people every day. What's the hard part about your job? Or what won't you do? I think the hard part about my job is knowing that I can see accurately into a person's life. And I can give them advice that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt will be beneficial and helpful for them and know that more than likely they're not going to take it. Now, that's not everybody. Uh, A lot of my clients are very appreciative of the input that they get, and they follow up on it, and it tells me that it improves their lives, makes their lives better, helps them out, so on and so forth. But I also know that there's some people, and they know that I'm speaking the truth to them, but when they get off the phone with me, I know they're not going to follow up with it, and I know they're not going to do it. And that's the hard thing for me is realizing, hey, you know I'm telling you the truth. You know I'm right. You know you should do this or not do this. And then knowing that once they're off the phone, they're not going to follow up. They're just going to continue in the same pattern, in the same rut, with the same problems. And that's that's frustrating for me. What about seeing someone passing or health problems? You know, I mean, that is the sticky part for any psychic. You know, do, yeah. do you or don't you just come out and say what you are seeing? I mean, because that's where it gets dangerous for you and others because mm-hmm. you're not legally a doctor. You're not legally 
uh, right. you know, right. a professional, so to speak. Yeah, with, with any type of medical thing that the other side gives me for a person, I tell them, I make the standard disclaimer, look, not a doctor can't prescribe, blah, blah, blah. And everybody goes, yeah, yeah, I get it, I know. Tell me what you know. And so I will give them that information. And I always tell people, if you are seeing a doctor, if you're under treatment, if you're taking medication, whatever, continue to do that. But here's what the other side is showing me for you. Let's incorporate that into your regimen. And let's see if we can make a positive difference that way. Maybe get you down the road where you're off the drugs, you're off the treatment, whatever, because you can achieve physical healing through spiritual means. So I'm, I'm always uh, telling people, look, consider the possibility of healing outside of the traditional medical realm, but continue to do what you need to do with your doctor until we get there. And then as far as, like I said earlier, as far as any uh, death or anything like that, uh, what the other side will give me for a person, I will give that to them in the way the other side gives that to me. And the other side gives that to me in a way that the uh, I know that the other person will be able to accept what they're being given, what they're being told. That is uh, that that is a very, very steep ball game to be playing. Very, very. very. You're dealing with life and death. You're seeing the other side. You're seeing the imminent death of people. You're seeing they're crossing over. Uh, you're dealing with health issues, uh, and and it's uh, it's a very very serious thing, and that's one of the things that pisses me off no ends about all these con artists and phonies and frauds out there in the psychic and the, and the paranormal realm, spiritual realm, is the phonies that prey on these people and take advantage of them and mislead them, and that's that's rife out there. It's a it's a big problem. It's a big issue. So what do you love about your job? Is it is it helping find people? Is it helping tune people into their own spirituality? What works for you? The thing I love most about my job is convincing someone that there is a realm, a reality, beyond our getting up, showering, going to work, coming home, watching TV, going to bed, and doing it all over again. There is a great, solid reality beyond just what we perceive in this physical realm and to be able to introduce someone to the with the google pixel 7 pro you can perfectly capture your friend's intimate beach elopement and remove the 50 people swimming in the background with magic eraser or take a detailed close-up of the wedding cake before it drops on the sand with macro focus and be the dj at the after party and the after after party with all day battery Get our best deal on the Google Pixel 7 Pro at AT AT&T and enjoy every moment with the best Google Pixel camera yet. With eligible trade-in, offers vary by device. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com slash pixel for details. This episode is brought to you by AT&T. Everyone gets AT&T's best deal on the new iPhone 14 Pro. So, people currently listening to comedy podcasts who can't wait for their podcast to end so they can tell that guy in front of them on the bus about it, even if he is the driver... And people listening to political podcasts, saving juicy political quotes to throw down at Thanksgiving dinner with their relatives. And people listening to true crime podcasts who desperately want to talk about true crime podcasts at work, but they're not sure if anyone else is into that and they don't want to seem weird to their office crush. And they already got odd looks that time they looked up that crazy case on their work computer. The point is... Everyone, new and existing customers. Ask how to get up to $800 off the new iPhone 14 Pro with the incredible camera with eligible trade-in. 
Visit att.com or our stores for details. Terms and restrictions may apply. That convince someone of that is one of the greatest things, the greatest privileges are real. And then just the fact that I can do these readings for people, I can see into their lives, I can read their emotions, I can read their minds, I can tell their past, their present, their future, I can predict their future, I can tell them what's going to happen, how to connect with it, how to make the, the best advantage out of it, or if something's negative coming, how to avoid it or minimize it. That's a tremendous, great thing. That's a wonderful, fantastic gift. And when somebody comes to me and I do the reading and they say, you know, I just, I don't know where to go from here. And I say, okay, I can tell you. And I can tell you how to get there step by step. That's a marvelous thing. That's a tremendous thing to be able to affect people's lives in positive ways, to help people, to give them tools that they can use to continue to move forward in positive ways and make their lives better. And to be able to open people's eyes, not only to the reality of this realm, but how to avoid the con artists and the phonies and the frauds out there so that they don't fall prey to that and be able to steer them forward through all of this and just open their eyes up to the wonder of the mystery of this world, because it is a fantastic thing. And that's the thing I love the most. It's, it's absolutely awesome to be able to do that. Very much so. You know, when you are giving a reading, are, are there certain people you will not read to as we got about 90 seconds? Like, say, for instance, people who are struggling with their own depression or anxiety or children or whomever? Uh, I, I do my readings for age 18 over. And other than that, there's no stipulations. There's no restrictions. I'll read for anybody unless they don't need a reading. Uh, there are people that have paid me for a reading, called a schedule a reading. I've refunded their money, said, you don't need a reading right now. You need this little snippet of advice. Take this run with it and then call me down the road if you really do need a reading. So uh, uh, there's there's no restrictions as far as, as reading for anyone, no. What, what about those who are chronic psychic ad, advice seekers? I always tell those people, you know, pick one psychic that works for you, that their predictions are accurate, their insights are accurate, what they tell you happens. They give you tools and techniques to help you improve your life. And then, and I tell my own clients, I say, look, you know, let everything we've discussed in the reading come into play and you don't need me again, to, you know, for another three months, six months, whatever down the road. Let all this come into play. Work on the things I've told you. Let's get that established. When you need me again, when you legitimately need me, give me a call. But, yeah, there are people out there that hop from psychic to psychic every day for entertainment. And that's not going to help you. That's going to confuse you. And you're not going to get any true spiritual leading from the other side. If you do, it's going to be lost in this miasma of people that you talk to. And just just lost in the you know the rush of nonsense that you get. John, I'm gonna get you to hold on right there when we return from the break on Spaced Out Radio. What we're gonna do is we're gonna turn John loose and we're gonna get some spooky stories that he has dealt with over his years as a psychic. We'll be right back. All right, we're clear. All right. Good stuff, man. Having a blast. <coughs> awesome. What is dirty filth drawing there? It looks like Bigfoot. What is... <laughs> uh, let's take a peeky-poo here, shall we? Let's uh, bring him on up here. Well, that's... It is kind of... Yeah, Sasquatch gifting site. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> that's great. 
Uh, YJ, I didn't see your email, buddy. I'm checking my junk mail. Go in here. Junk mail. Don't know why all of a sudden my son's hockey um, hockey emails are going into junk mail. Yeah. Technology's great when it works. Yeah. It's like, I kind of need these. Let's see. Let's see. Hey, Dave, are you working out any? Do you do any exercise or anything? Uh, I've just restarted at the gym. Good, because the other side's telling me you need to work out and you need to stay in motion. Yep. I could do that. And son of a bitch. Uh, (laughs) Forgot my kids' hockey photos tonight. Uh oh. I saw Christina say the picture is dismissing a puck wedgie. <laughs> All right. Hey, Dirty, do you do fine art? No. I used to when I was younger, but not any longer. You need to. You need to get back into it, start doing fine art again, and uh, build you up a little little small uh, portfolio there and look at getting into some galleries and stuff. That's what I'm seeing for you. Thank you, sir. All right. I won't do you no good if you don't get after it. So the big workout, I got to continue that. Yep. I know they're kicking my ass to do that. Yeah, you gotta you gotta stay in motion. You gotta keep keep working out. You do, it's something you just gotta do from now on. You just gotta hang in there and. And uh, keep after it, and that's gonna that's gonna stave off a lot of problems for you down the road. I'm down uh, seven pounds in two weeks. Ah, there you go. Yeah, no, it's a start. It's a start. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, yeah, just just hang in there and and keep working out. Yeah, don't get distracted and keep going. And Dirty's got to get his fine art going again. Well, I mean, I'm trying to. Uh, Trying to improve my looks here, you know. I mean, uh, you know, I'm trying to. At my age and this stage of the game, I just don't care how I look anymore. <laughs> it's like what you see is what you get. Deal with it. It's been a rough life, man. <laughs> I actually, believe it or not, I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I am... Uh... I am going to get my nose checked out because I can't breathe yeah. out of it. There you go. So I'm going to hopefully, hopefully 
get that straightened out a little bit. That'd be nice, but right? Otherwise, I'll just have to straighten it myself, and that sucks. Yeah, there you go. Or just getting another hockey fight. No. <laughs> I got my ass kicked big time now. Nah, I hear you. Too out of shape. Oh, listen, I'm 68. Got way too many health problems, old and worn out. So, <laughs> like, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, well, I'm just uh, hoping that I don't have too many health issues. Yeah, I think just, you know, stay with the workouts and keep that going. That's going to stave off a lot of problems for you down the road. Right on. Thank you to Christina for kicking off the Super Chat tonight. Very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you to everyone who's given us a thumbs up. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Here we go. to have you with us thank you so much for tuning us in wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call earth we want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others you can check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old davy the favor hit that subscribe button our website is spacedoutradio.com we have a plethora of features for you Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with psychic medium John Russell, researcher, investigator of all things paranormal and strange. And we're going to turn the tides a little bit here because we've given John full permission that anybody in our YouTube chat room or myself... If he picks something up, he can just read it right off. Just interrupt himself and read it right there. But we're going to get to some spooky stories here overall, and we welcome you back, John. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's just great people in the chat, great listeners, great audience, and, of course, you and Dirty. It's always always fun to be here. We're having a good time, and uh, just, just a pleasure. John, out of all the spooky stories that you have heard, listened to, or been a part of. Mm-hmm. Tell us one in detail that really sticks out to you. Oh, boy. The one that really sticks out to me is uh, I had divorced, moved back into the family home. My sister divorced, moved back into the family home. And ostensibly, we moved in to take care of my mother, who was becoming bedfast and then died not long thereafter, but, uh, I think my sister and I both just kind of needed a soft place to fall and, uh, you know, just, just kind of a respite from things. And so we were all there together in, in the big old family home and, uh, not a mansion, just, just a large home had enough space for, for all of us. And my sister had these two little, little small dogs. And one was constantly sick, constantly ill, having to go to the vet, had these problems, had this problem, had this problem. And so we we got to the point, of, and all of us were kind of thinking, you know, this little dog's not going to last much longer. I mean, the dog was really sick, and the vet just reached a point they couldn't do much for it. And so uh, my sister would go to work, 
and I was in college at the time, I believe, and uh, went back to college late. And uh, so my sister would go to work. She'd bring in the little dogs, put them in bed with my mother. And my mother dearly loved the little dogs. They loved her. So I had been out. I I don't even know what I was doing, where I had come in from. But it was a beautiful uh, fall day. And uh, blue skies, sunshine. I was in a good mood, feeling great. I came in, said hi to mom, and uh, made myself a sandwich. Sit down at the dining room table. And I uh, was eating my sandwich, looking out the window, just wool gathering and just enjoying being alive. And I heard the, one of the little dogs jump off the bed and come down the hallway. And I looked over my right shoulder toward the door into the hallway to see which one it was. And it was a little sickly dog. And he walked behind me and I turned my head to the left to watch him walk into the kitchen where he's going to get a drink of water or a bite of food or whatever. And as I turned my head to the left, this woman was standing there and she bent down and put her face in mine. She was about a foot or two away from me and it didn't scare me, but it startled me so much that I jumped up through my sandwich, knocked the chair over the little dog skittered and ran into the kitchen. Fortunately, my sandwich landed on the table. So I still got to eat my sandwich. And in a split second time, this woman communicated to me who she was and why she was there. And I saw her absolutely solid physically. I can tell you her hairstyle, her, the clothes she had on, everything else. And she communicated to me that the little dog was about to die, that he'd be gone within a couple of weeks time, and that she was there to cross him over to the other side so that he wouldn't die alone. He wouldn't be afraid. She was there to help guide him over to the other side. And I was like, wow, this is the most amazing thing I've experienced. And she disappeared. And so my mother heard the chair fall over and everything. She said, you okay? What's the matter? And I said, oh, just saw a ghost, which was de rigueur in our family. And she said, well, was there any message or anything that you got? And of course there was, I got that message, but I knew I couldn't tell her it'd break her heart. So I just said, no, no, nothing really. Just, just saw the ghost. And so sure enough, a couple of weeks later, the little dog died in his sleep. And he had this uh, squeaky frog toy about this big that uh, this green frog toy that squeaked, he just loved. And it was so messed up and gommed up. He had messed with it and played with it. It was just filthy. And uh, my sister had took one of her old bathrobes and gave it to the dogs to play with. And the little sickly dog, he would wrap up his toys in it and then unwrap it and this, that, and the other. So we had this habit, like a lot of people do, that bury their animals in the backyard when they die. And so... When uh, when the little dog died, we dug a hole for him in the backyard, and my sister wrapped him up in this bathrobe, and he's so small, it took several folds and several turns to wrap him up in this, and she put the little green squeaky frog toy in there with him that he loved so much, wrapped that all up, and, and then we buried that bundle in the backyard, filled it in, and I put a... Um, a, a big rock over it so that animals couldn't dig him up or whatever till the, you know, the ground firmed up. So, so much time had gone by that the grass had grown in over his grave. The ground was totally, completely solid. The yard was completely solid there, completely smooth. If you didn't know where his grave was, you'd never know there was a grave there. You would never know there was anything dug there. The, the yard looked just completely pristine. So I had been out, um, uh, walking, I, I don't know where I was walking, but I had walked, uh, come back home and I had my big Doberman Elsa and she was out in the pen outside there. 
and I stopped to say hi to her. And it was another beautiful, gorgeous day. And this was late in the afternoon. And I was coming in feeling good. And I looked over in the yard. Something caught my my vision. My, out of the corner of my eye, I saw something over in the yard. And I was like, what is that? And I looked over there. And there was something out in the backyard. And I couldn't identify it. So I walked up the driveway, walked over into the backyard, and walked over to the, where the little dog's grave was. And on top of his grave, on top of the grass, set that green squeaky frog toy. And I was like, okay, this has got to be of all the things I've experienced. It was like, okay, my sister must have dug this up. We got it out. What? A, she's got to be nuts to do that. Who would do that? Who would, but that's the thought going through my, my head. And so I get down, I examine the frog toy. It's definitely his. It's sitting on top of his grave. I got down on my hands and knees and I dug around in the grass and around the grave. There was no digging, nothing disturbed, no fresh soil. The, the grass was intact. The ground was intact. The soil was intact. Either this little dog or somebody that maybe the woman that helped him cross over had teleported that frog toy through those wrappings of that robe up through the soil, up to the grass, up on top of the grass and left it there for me to find. So the evidential thing there was, hey, I'm here, I'm alive, I made it, I'm still around. And so I got the frog toy and I put it on the steps of the apartment going in. We had an apartment attached to the house there. My grandmother used to live in, that's where my sister was living. So I put that frog toy on the steps where I knew my sister would see it when she pulled in the driveway, went and told my mom what happened. And uh, I was sitting there talking with my mom. We heard my sister pull into the driveway and the car shut off. No, no door slam. And I knew why, because I knew she had seen that frog toy on the steps and was sitting there going, what in the world? So finally the, the car door slams. She gets out and she comes running through the house. We can hear her coming and she comes running in there and she's holding the frog. She goes, did you see this? And I said, yeah, I'm the one that found it and put it up on the steps. She goes, where did you find it? I said, it was sitting on top of his grave. And she didn't believe it. She went out and got on her hands and knees and dug around the dirt and the grass and everything to make sure everything was still solid and nothing was disturbed, which, of course, it wasn't. And so uh, that was the, that was one of the more incredible manifestations that I've experienced from the other side and the evidence that our, our pets' lives go on, which I've had two of, uh, of my beloved pets come back and visit me in the flesh. And one I actually got to pet and touch, but that was one of the more uh, more phenomenal experiences I've had. And like I said, that was evidential to me that our pets do live on. They do retain their love for us, their memory of us. They can come back and show us, "Hey, I've made it. I'm here." So that was one of the more phenomenal experiences I've had. I gotta ask: Did the um, did the toy redisappear? Redisappear? Uh, no, my sister said, give it to Elsa, my big doberman. She said, let's give it to Elsa to play with and just kind of keep it in the family, kind of keep it alive, keep it going from this phenomenal experience we've had. So we gave it to Elsa and she played with it till she tore it up. And uh, that was it. Wow. Wow. It's yeah, amazing. It's amazing. Totally amazing. From pets to people, what's your spookiest story involving a human? Or a human spirit? Hmm. There have been um, 
a lot of people that I've interacted with on the other side, and I I don't necessarily, things don't really scare me or bother me, and so I don't know that anything would be really too too spooky to me, but um, there have been uh, a lot of occasions where I've interacted with spirits with those on the other side, and they will do some pretty bizarre things to show me that they're there. I was in a, in a state park. Uh, I used to love to ride my motorcycle ridiculous amounts of mileage and stop and hike through our state parks here. And in one of the state parks, there was a spirit that presented itself to me as a young Native American. And um, he said, can I come home with you? And I said, sure. I, I checked him out psychically, and I knew he was okay. I knew he wasn't malevolent or anything like that. And I said, yeah. So he came home with me, and uh, he would do make all kinds of manifestations to make his presence known in the house. But the main thing that he did was coming in from our garage. We had a door that came into the laundry room and then a door from the laundry room into the house. So there were two doors there. And he would rattle the door from the laundry room into the house so hard that it sounded like somebody was in there. And, and my wife who's lived with me all these years, she still gets spooked sometimes, and she would go, look, I know it's the ghost, I know it's the spirit, but can you please go check, make sure nobody's broken in? And I would laugh, and I'd go check, and everything, of course, would be okay. And uh, With the Google Pixel 7 Pro, you can perfectly capture your friend's intimate beach elopement and remove the 50 people swimming in the background with Magic Eraser or take a detailed close-up of the wedding cake before it drops on the sand with Macro Focus. And be the DJ at the after party and the after after party with all day battery. Get our best deal on the Google Pixel 7 Pro at AT&T and enjoy every moment with the best Google Pixel camera yet. With eligible trade-in, offers vary by device. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com slash pixel for details. This episode is brought to you by AT&T. Everyone gets AT&T's best deal on the new iPhone 14 Pro. So, people currently listening to comedy podcasts who can't wait for their podcast to end so they can tell that guy in front of them on the bus about it, even if he is the driver. And people listening to political podcasts, saving juicy political quotes to throw down at Thanksgiving dinner with their relatives. And people listening to true crime podcasts who desperately want to talk about true crime podcasts at work, but they're not sure if anyone else is into that and they don't want to seem weird to their office crush. And they already got odd looks that time they looked up that crazy case on their work computer. The point is... Everyone, new and existing customers. Ask how to get up to $800 off the new iPhone 14 Pro with the incredible camera with eligible trade-in. Visit att.com or our stores for details. Terms and restrictions may apply. It got to the point that he would, when we would go out like to buy groceries or go out to eat or something like that, we'd come home, we'd open the first door, come into the laundry room, uh, unlock the, the door into the house, and grab the knob and, and open that, turn the knob to open the door into the house. And I would start to open the door and he would pull the door shut on me. And I would grab it and pull it partially open and he would grab it out of my hands and pull it shut again. <laughs> and I'd go, okay, we're having fun. We're having a good time. And then he would quit and I'd open up the door and we'd come in. Uh, but that's that's one of the more uh, 
memorable experiences. And he stayed with us for a long time. And then it was kind of like, okay, appreciate it, guys. My time to go. And uh, and he went on his way. But that was one of the more more fun things I used to experience with a spirit. Awesome. Awesome. It is. I got a surprise for you coming in for hour number two. A good friend of yours and mine. Roderick Martin is going to join us. Oh, Roderick. (laughs) Rod just just texted me. He's like, he's like, Hey, you got room for the big guy with you and John tonight. I'm like, Oh yeah, we got room. We got room. (laughs) Oh, my buddy Roderick. Yes, sir. That, that dude is talented. Yeah, he is. Bless his heart. I've been privileged to be on his show. We had a lot of fun together, and we've talked some, and uh, he's a good dude. So talented. So talented. And thank you, Roderick, for reaching out. We'll we'll get to him in hour number two as well in about 15 minutes or so. But a quick question for you regarding the whole spookiness of everything. Do you get scared? Does anything scare you or startle you anymore? Never. I was scared that one time when I first, when this first all started when I was five years old, I was scared to death because I was five and, you know, uh, but after that, I've never been scared. I've never been uneasy. I've been startled, you know, like when the woman bit down in my face and, and I threw my sandwich, I was like, holy cow, uh, that'll startle anybody. I've been startled, but I've never been scared and I'm not uneasy with anything on the other side with anything I experience. Um, I'm uneasy about people. We got some pretty psycho people on this planet <laughs> to do some pretty psycho things. I'm, I'm uneasy about that, but I haven't really been uneasy about anything on the other side, any of the spirits I've encountered or anything like that. Uh, all of my experiences have been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, they've been life-saving uh, many, many times, literally. And uh, all of my experiences have been positive, uh, the interactions have been positive. The things that I'm able to communicate to other people and for other people have been overwhelmingly positive. And so, uh, no, not not scared. What rattles you still, though? <sighs> what rattles me are people. Um, nothing from the other side rattles me, but but people rattle me. I mean, like Putin invading Ukraine and threatening nuclear war and all this kind of stuff. That rattles me. Those types of things rattle me. But uh, I've I'm not uh, I've experienced way 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 over a thousand physical paranormal manifestations and uh, that's that's conservative um, and and there's just nothing that uh, that upsets me or bothers me or rattles me it's uh, if anything it's kind of comforting it's like the other side lets me know hey we're here we're watching over you we're helping you we're continuing the gift we're helping you to help people. And, uh, and we're watching you and watching over you and protecting you. So it's, it's actually very comforting to me. Do you ever get to the point where you think enough is enough? You know, you, you've seen the good, you've seen the bad, you've seen the ugly, both on this planet and, you know, from the spiritual right. realm. You're like, right. dude, I just can't do this anymore. Oh, no, I love it. I wake up every day loving it, enjoying it, looking forward to it. Uh, I have paranormal experiences during the night. Uh, during my dreams, during my sleep, I live it. I breathe it. I love it. I never get tired of it. I'll never get tired of it till the day I die. I look forward to every new reading for every client that I do. I look forward to every new paranormal experience I have. I look forward to more investigations that I'm able to do. Uh, it's it's just it's it's life for me. It's bread and butter for me. It's everything great. 
do you do you deal with aliens? Doggone it, I've tried to, but I haven't received anything there. Now, I've had several UFO experiences, uh, so I know they're real. I believe they're extraterrestrial, but, uh, man, it's like, you know, I've, I've tried to reach out to communicate with these beings in some meaningful way and have not gotten anything. And uh, I guess, if anything, rattles me. It's, it's kind of the UFO experience for the reason that um, we have a, a ton of, of negative experiences from people with UFOs and very, very few uh, reported positive experiences. And so you have to look at the phenomenon as a whole and you have to say, okay, uh, at the very, very least, they're indifferent to us. At the worst, they're hostile to us. And so that's something that we're all trying to, to work on, trying to figure out and whatever that intelligence is, whoever those beings are, doesn't seem to be too anxious to, to aid us in that, to help us in that. And there's a lot of BS out there about people that, oh, I, I know who they are, I know where they're from, blah, 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 all this and all that. There's nothing to hang your hat on. I deal in realities, and you say, well, you're a psychic, you deal with the psychic realm. Well, of all the paranormal experiences I've had, they've occurred on the physical realm. We've captured them on film. We've captured them on camera. We've captured them on audio many, 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 many times. There have been people that have witnessed these events. So I deal in a realm that manifests itself uh, in physical reality. And so when you start dealing with all these people that they supposedly know who this is, what that is, blah, 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 they don't have anything you can hang your hat on. And that's that's my problem. That's my difficulty. So it's it's a lot of frustration trying to figure out what's going on with the UFOs, with the ET realm and, and that type of thing. We're going to bring in a good friend right now from the Why the Big Secret YouTube channel and podcast. Our good friend Roderick Martin is joining us here. Roderick, I know you're good Roderick. friends with John. And What's myself. going on, fellas? Oh, we love it that you're here, my man. Love it oh, that no, you're here. No, I, I, I came in. I saw my boy John here. And then with you here. And then the beards. I said, you know what? Let's beard it up, baby. Let's beard, Let's it, beard it up, baby. Yes. <laughs> What's yes. going on, Roderick? Working hard, hardly working. Either way, I hear you. Hard. I hear you. It's good to see you, man. I appreciate you coming on. Oh, you know, it's it's you know, had a great time whenever we talk, and oh yeah, know, especially when you're talking about those ghosts, and of course, the greatness of Dave there, and then the yep. greatness of Filthy. I got to give him my shout out. I got my picture in the mail, and there, you go. there we go. Look so at I'll that, definitely. Buddy. Hold on, yeah. hold that, hold that up again for our YouTube crowd. Let's zoom on there in. You go. Welcome to Earth. Filthy, you're just getting all over the place here. He's all over, man. He's all over. Look at that. Look at that. So, yeah, I got oh, he it. To, he has to send me my uh, my painting you did from our first show. He has to do that. Oh, well, you know what? He, he, he you know, he's a, he's a filthy son of a gun. He'll get it done. That's the main. There you go. I appreciate you, Dirty. Built on the house. Well, anyway, Dave, what's been up with you? And then, John, what's been up? I mean, you guys, you know, you know, it's been crazy. So. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you a, a fun story here. we got about two minutes. But when we come back from the break, Rod, we're, we, need okay. to, we need to hear your spooky stories because it is Halloween. Okay. But I will tell you this. About two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago now, three my buddy, two of my buddies, my son and myself, had a Sasquatch encounter. 
in Whoa. the forest. Okay. And it, this big son of a gun was about was about a hundred yards from us, and it was the night before the full moon, so the moon was just about full. The moonlight, there was not a cloud in the sky. The moonlight's ripping through the trees. And we're in, we're in the dead middle of the forest. There's no humans around, and man, did did uh, my my buddy Mark. I don't know if he's listening tonight or not because I know he's on the road hunting. Uh, he not the Sasquatch though, right? Yeah, he literally two two weeks later he's like, we actually saw it, we actually saw it because we awesome. we had the the cone head with the giant shoulders and we could see the torso and then when my buddy Mike walked up and we looked back at it, put his flashlight up, this thing was crouching down. We don't know how it exited. John, maybe you could tell us how it exited, but we don't know how it exited. Because if it went to its left, it would have had to climb over a bunch of trees that had fallen, and we would have heard it. If it went to its right, we would have likely seen it because it would have had to climb up an eight-foot embankment. Or if it went backwards, we would have seen it kind of crawl on out. I don't know how it left. Well, you know, that's the thing with Bigfoot encounters. There is a lot of paranormal activity reported with Bigfoot encounters. And they say that they are magical or spiritual beings or paranormal beings. And a lot of times they do simply vanish once you've encountered them. And there are a lot of uh, reports of paranormal activity around Bigfoots. So that's, that's interesting. But awesome that you got to see one. Awesome. I would love to. I haven't seen a Bigfoot yet, but I would love to. Nine years, Whoa. nine years in between my sightings. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. Bigfoot, Sasquatch, the Yeti. Sasquatch. Yeah. Yes, all in one. Yeah. On Space Radio. <laughs> We've got about 20 seconds to go here, gentlemen, before we are going to uh, go to break here at the bottom of the, or at the top of the hour. Rod, I hope you're going to stick with us. I'm here. I'm here, right man. On. Right on. I'm Jim. here. John Russell is oh, here. Man. John should have knew I was coming. He should have felt me coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I've been thinking about you. <laughs> there we go. There we go. We all point. Be right here. And we have Mr. Roderick Martin, special guest from the Why the Big Secret podcast on YouTube as well. Great show. you got to subscribe to that. Dirty Filth is with the art. we got another hour with these gentlemen. We're going to have some fun talking spooky stories for the next hour. Hey, it's almost Halloween. This is what we need to do on Spaced Out Radio. All right, gents, we're clear. All right, I'm going to take a whiz real quick. I'll be right back. All right. Take a whiz. All right. Take a whiz. Yeah, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a long week, man. Long week. What's dirty working on here? Yeah, let's see. Something to do with baseball playoffs. Whatever it is, it's got some big feet. Hmm. Hmm. That's a clue. I don't know. That is a clue. Here, here, here is the Friday's one that I'll I did. I'll be right back, guys. That's got some big feet, Filthy. It's got some feet. And then this, uh, you'll have to wait and see. It's a really cheesy joke in the end. Okay. All right. Well, I might. I the cartoon got there, man. It's, it's shaping up. I like my photo. I had it on my wall in there, and I appreciate it. It's, it's got its own point, a little light shining up on it. So you did awesome. Right on. 
awesome job. So, let's see if people in the chat. Let me take a look over here. I thought I saw Christina in here earlier when I first popped in. The Gomez, the G. Um, you speak to us. We got Pete. Can he? Can he still hear me in the chat? No. Yes, we're still. We're still. Up. Oh, usually, I'm sitting here rambling, and I, I, I usually forget about it, and then halfway through, I start rambling, and then it's just terrible. Ooh. Okay. Well, all right. How everyone is doing? What's going on? Hope you guys are spaced out tonight. Da-da. That's where it is. Spaced out radio. <laughs> spaced out radio. That's it. We're in the house. John, We're I got in a the house, story. baby. We're in the house. I had a story, a ghost story we'll tell about a little bit. And you Good. Tell me what happened in that deal. Oh, my God. So, okay. Yeah, John, just you have to send me your address or something. I'll make, uh, frame up that drawing and send it to you. Oh, please. I love that. I absolutely love that. Mine is nice. I even took a screenshot of it. It was like, holy cow, this is so good. Studio 42 says, hello, Roderick. What's going on? Sherry said, big Texas. Yeah, we in Texas, and uh, it was a lot of rain and storms today. Roderick. My man. So, you know, (laughs) we got a couple more part two of some things we need to do, John. Oh, I know. Um, we'll do it. We'll get there. We will get yeah. there. Just holler at me. Yeah, we'll knock it out. And uh, pretty much from there, my cool cat, John. All right. Oh, I Come watched on. that, uh, Roderick. I watched that YouTube thing you did where you interviewed people on the street. You were saying, What would you do if you'd cover the nailing? Oh, man, that was awesome. That was off the chain, man. I yeah. love it. I got about 15 of those videos, but here, you know, but here's the most amazing one about them all. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing this girl's, this lady. I'm sorry. Right. And she's like, no, I don't want to have nothing to do. Cause I started asking the question about abduction. I said, what do you think about ETs abducting people? Right. Now she right. is going ballistic. Yeah. So her 10 year old says, well, can I talk? And I, okay. I said, well, you got to sign to get your mom's permission to sign my video release. <laughs> so I interviewed a 10 year old and she just said, I just want to know what they're playing. I want to know what they up to. Just comments all day while my yeah. ear is panicking. You know, like, no, I don't want to do. And I'm like, what is the contrast difference between the fact that a 10-year-old is like, they don't care, you know, right. but over here, it's a whole different ball game. Exactly. And so it just exactly. goes back to us growing up. We just developed this other thing and, and, yep. and the innocence is beating out of us as we get adults or something. Yep. I don't know. Exactly, exactly. But I got born. I've I got been a kid forever. <laughs> huh? I've been a kid forever, man. Still draw there cartoons. What, there's good. a kid in everything. Stay that, way. Stay that yeah. way, man. There's a kid in every king and, and everything else. And so it's just pretty much. So, um, I don't know. But yeah, I got plenty of them, John. I, I probably did about one, about 17 of them. That was just the first one. And I'm right. you know, I'm going to compile them together. Or bring out some more clips, but it was definitely an interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I got you know people of all walks of life, and you know lawyers to, and you just had to hear how they see this thing. A few of them might like, yeah, we down with it. But there are some few like, what? what are you <laughs> like, 
right. All right. Let's rock and roll. Hey, just because I showed back up doesn't mean you guys got to keep quiet, you know. Oh, yeah, wait, 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 but actually, it was Filthy who gave us the code. You didn't see the little code on the sheet. He wrote, he wrote oh. the little silent mark. Oh, and then he we see this? Yeah. Well, like, one in the morning, my time, glass of bourbon, baby. Oh, sh- well, how can I get in on the game? What do I got? I got water. I'm dieting, according to John. I got to continue. Yep. I, I, I was dieting up until a couple of days ago. And there you then, go. Then I got, then the, yesterday or today, McDonald's came back out with the McRib and that just spawned it. There you go. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. You know what? For my audience, uh, I had to go down to uh, where my son played hockey Mm -hmm. and I actually turned down Taco Bell because I I turned down Taco Bell, people. How can you turn down Taco Bell? That's my favorite. I I know it's mine, too, but I'm trying to be good here. Uh, Hold on, guys. We've got 15 seconds. Thank you to Ozzy Ange, Donna, and Christina for the super chats tonight. Very much appreciate it. If you're new here, hit subscribe. Give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, and uh, let us know what you think after the show. It really helps our algorithms. Here we go. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with hour number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for tuning us in. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Barathrum. Barathrum is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as a clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight's spooky stories as we lead on to Halloween. Our good friend, psychic John Russell, is with us tonight. And we've been joined by another great friend from yeah, yeah. the Why the Big Secret podcast on YouTube, Mr. Roderick Martin. Gentlemen, thank you yeah. so much for being All here. Right. Very much appreciate you doing this. Now, right before the break, Rod, I'm going to start off with you here because I wanted your spooky story, the the one that's freaked you out the most. What happened? I can't say it freaked me out the most, but it was a freaky story. How about that? Right. So this past weekend, I was at a cousin's house, and um, we started talking about, and and he was talking. Well, his my grandmother lived with his mom before she passed away, so he started telling this story about her probably still in the house upstairs. You know, he'd be hearing all this noise and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, shucks, you know, whatever, his grandmother, right? But me, I I don't get down with the ghost thing. My hypocrisy stops, like, right about that part. 
And so he's like, well, it's grandmother. And then they was having this debate. Should they call somebody over to do some of the sage stuff and get rid of the ghost? One half of the family is over here talking about it's grandma. The other half over here is talking about it's a ghost. And so, John, I do have a problem. And maybe, Dave, y'all can ask, where do the line is drawn where grandmother becomes a ghost and the ghost is hell no, you know, versus it's my grandmother who's to give me macaroni and cheese. But she's a ghost upstairs making all these weird noises. There you go. There and you so go. I had the tiebreaker. It was like four or five. And, and they was like, okay, Roderick, you do the tiebreaker. Should we call it ex- or exorcist or whatever they call it? In in or somebody to get rid of grandma, and I'm like, stop calling the grandma. It's a ghost. <laughs> well, it is it is grandma. Okay, when we okay. cross over to the other side, we retain our personality, our sense of humor, our memories, everything else. So we become the ghost. And a word of uh, wisdom here to people that want to exercise. A ghost to... At Family Dollar, we know you want more to enjoy your summer. Delight your family with our great assortment of ice cream and frozen treats. Family Dollar, helping you do more. At Family Dollar, we know you want more to enjoy your summer. That's why you'll find more in every store. Everything you need to treat and refresh your family. Like our assortment of ice cream, frozen treats, snacks, and drinks from the brands you love. And everything you'll need if things get a little messy, like cleaning supplies and laundry products, all in one convenient place at great value. Family Dollar, helping you do more. Spirit and entity and intelligence, whatever, you don't do that. We do not have that power to exercise over that dimension. In every single case that I know of, reputable cases, reliable cases, things that I've been involved in, people that I know have been involved in reliably that have reported to me. In every single case where a person has tried to, quote unquote, close a portal, exercise a spirit, get rid of a ghost, whatever, not only does it not work, number one, it usually makes the activity worse. You know, we went up there with this little device thing. And supposedly you're supposed to sit down and you ask questions and it changes this little thing. Oh, like a REM pod? Yeah. Yeah. I had one. And it like, it seemed like grandma was getting pissed off at the highest positivity. It was like, I'm not going anywhere. Because I was like, I asked the question, grandma, why are you here? Why haven't you moved on? And then it makes this little, you know, and I'm like, real. This has got to be real. And so before it all ended, though, I just pretty much realized that. I haven't heard grandma in my house, so we good. Obviously, she don't have a car. She can't get down there with the ghost. I, I don't know how to travel, but obviously, it stays upstairs. Or it, look, see, I'm saying it. She, yeah. whatever, stays upstairs in my cousin's top um, house thing up there. And I'm like, I I couldn't do it. I, it's grandma nothing. It's a ghost now. So, <laughs> well, you know, people on the other side, when you cross over, you're going to determine where you're going to hang around, who you're going to hang around and why. And people on the other side Mm -hmm. want to come back to us, to comfort us, to guide us, to let us know that they're there to watch over us. Uh, Maybe to prod us. If they told us to do something in this life, when they were in the, in the physical body and they wanted us to achieve something or do something or whatever. And we didn't do that. 
they'll still come back from the other side and say, hey, why ain't you going back to college yet? Why don't you have this degree? You know, those types of things. So people on the other side choose who they're going to hang around, where and why, and for how long. And our mistake is we think grandma's stuck there. She's always there, this, that, and the other. She might come and manifest to you for a couple of minutes, and then she's gone. She's on the other side. She's doing other things. She's other places, this, and the other, and comes back at her will. So mm. we have to understand that, you know, people on the other side, they come and go as they please. You know, they're not, they're not earthbound or this and the other, whatever. They come and go as they please and they will visit a person or a place or whatever at their whim, at their pleasure. Well, I do have a challenging question and Dave, maybe you can get in on this and sure. but it was going to be directed a little bit to John, but there so, you go. All right. So let's say that we hear these stories and, and God forbid that someone lost a younger person in their life. Yeah. Let's say this person is 10 years old. Right. And it's okay. You, you hear the story. I'll meet you in heaven later or whatever. Right. Right. All right. It's your brother or whatever, but all your life, you keep seeing your brother as this 10 year old. Right. Now here I am 50 or that person's 50 mm-hmm. and they go to heaven at 50 or 70. So when they get there with that, person have now grown in age two or were they still going to see this person as a 10 year old the way they left because you don't see them growing up yeah you you know People, people will appear to us in the way that we can relate to them and recognize them oh okay and people will manifest themselves to us either physically or for example in a reading when i get a description of a person they will most times manifest and give themselves uh portray themselves with a description that's the most meaningful period of their life so if a person was going through a a prolonged illness and suffered a lot and the family was attendant to that that's how they will present themselves in a reading so that the person will recognize them clearly. Mm. And how much do we know about our families and their history and their previous lives? We think we do, but we do not. And an example of that is uh, my wife had this, uh, this, this friend, her and her husband were high school sweethearts went to college together at the same college, got married early and went into business together. And so they were together forever from high school on high school, sweethearts got married, went to the same college together, lived together, started in the same business together, stayed in the same business together. We're together basically 24 hours a day, every day. So you'd think they would know everything there is to know about each other. Right. Mm. And my wife was out with them at dinner one night and the guy says, blah, da, 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 I did such and such and such back in my college days and da, 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 da. And the wife turned to him and went, what? When was this? I never knew about that. So you can spend your entire life with someone and there are still things that you're not going to know. So we have to realize that too when we're communicating with the other side. And they're going to try and present to us something that we can connect with and recognize. Because if they come out with something really bizarre, well, I'll give you an example. It's, it can, it, it's dynamic when you can make that connection 
but they know if you can make that connection or not. Uh, with my ex-wife, uh, she had a grandfather that she absolutely dearly adored, dearly loved. And I was sitting there one day on the, uh, sitting on the bed and he came and sat down on the bed beside me and started communicating with me. Mm-hmm. And he pointed to this hat, not a cap, but a hat. And he kept pointing to that. And I was like, yeah, 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 I get it. And he just grinned and laughed and he kept pointing to this hat. I was like, okay, okay, I get it. And he would grin and laugh and point to this hat. I'm like, okay, whatever. So when my wife got home, my ex-wife, when my wife got home, I said, I believe your grandfather came to me today. Here's the physical description I have of your grandfather. And I gave it to her and she goes, oh my God, yes, yes, that's him. That's exactly what he looked like. That's exactly how he was built. That's exactly how he dressed. And here comes the coup de grace, right? I figure because he's pointing at this hat repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly and laughing that this was a hat she had bought him for a gift. And when I tell her about that, that's going to be the coup de grace. Oh my God, I, I bought him that hat for Christmas or whatever. So I go, and he he's pointing to this hat. And she gets real bum fuzzled looking. She looks at me and she goes, no, never saw him in a hat ever. He always wore a baseball cap, but never a hat. And I'm like, what the heck? Because I got everything 100% accurate with this guy. And then all of a sudden that the hat thing doesn't connect. And I'm like, well, what in the world? And he kept emphasizing the hat, emphasizing the hat, emphasizing the hat. She's like, no. So a week or two goes by. And she's in a closet going through some boxes and she came across this photo album and it was a family photo album and she's opening it up. She's looking through there and I hear her scream and I'm like, Oh Jesus Christ, what happened? What's wrong? And I go running there. What's the matter? Are you okay? And she goes, look, and there was a picture that she had never, ever seen in her entire life of her grandfather wearing this hat, not a cap, but mm. this hat that he'd showed me. So that was even more evidential. So most of the time they will give us things that we can instantly recognize or connect to. Sometimes they'll go, Hey, you want some evidence that the other side's real, that I'm still alive, that I can communicate to you from the other side and that we can give you evidence that this is all real. And that would be one of the cases like that. Wow. Interesting. You know, when my, when my nephew passed away, I, w- I was 15 years old when he was born, and mm-hmm. uh, my sister was 10 years older than me, and, and uh, you know, him and I pretty much grew up together, and when him and I, or when he passed away in 2018 of a fentanyl overdose, mm-hmm. uh, I'll tell you, the signs that he gave were, yeah. were incredible, and, uh, and things I never believed in, guys. Like this whole yeah. this whole dime thing, you yeah. know. I never found dimes. I always thought that was quirky. Now yeah. Yeah. I find dimes, and yeah. the real cool one was I hadn't heard from him in a while, and it was his birthday. Uh, was it? Yeah, it was earlier this year. It was his birthday back in April, and I and I just kind of said, "Hey, man, haven't heard from you in a while. Hope you're doing well." And uh, happy birthday. I called my nephew Stu. Uh, I said, happy birthday, Stu. And I walk my path out my front door, walk my path to my vehicle. And on the final brick of the path, there is an angelic white bird feather. 
yep. sitting right there. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yep. Like, mm. of all days oh. for there to be a white feather yep. on the final brick of my walkway to my vehicle, like, come yep. on. I've got to get to Penny Van here who asked me a question in the chat. And uh, she asked, is it possible for a living animal to visit us or to manifest to us because the dog was, was far away and so on and so forth? And yes, it is possible. Uh, just as people see manifestations of living people or doppelgangers or visitations from living people uh, that are far away, the same thing can occur with animals, absolutely. And before we get too far gone here, I have to tell you a really funny, scary story. Uh, when I was young, my friends all knew what I did, all my gifts, this, that, the other. And so I was living in this apartment, and uh, I, I, I wasn't even 20 yet, I don't think. And I was living in this apartment, and I had several friends over. Now I've been a biker since I was 15, old school biker. And the guys that I hung around with, you know, there's, there's this old saying, like there's guys that think they're tough, and then mm-hmm. they meet somebody that really is tough. Yep, but yep. the guys that I hung around with really were tough. <laughs> I mean, these were the real deal guys. They were, these were some of the roughest, bravest, meanest old boys on the planet that you will ever encounter. So we decided, <laughs> this group of big old tough guys, we decided we were going to have a seance at my apartment one night. So we light a candle and we turn out all the lights and we're, we're getting everything together. And I'm trying to corral everybody and tell them how you conduct a proper science and so on and so forth. Well, this one idiot buddy of mine in this loud, melodramatic voice, he intones, if there's a spirit here, give us a sign. Oh, and the no. candle immediately went out. And you have never seen any rougher, tougher, mean old boys get up and scramble in the darkness for the light switch faster than you saw these guys get up in a panic and scramble for the light switch, turn the lights on. And after that, everybody left the apartment and I could hardly ever get them to come back and visit again after that. I've been right with them. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if it was coordinated like that. John, what's your thoughts of Ouija boards? Oh, I've used a Ouija board since I was 15. I'm 68 now. I've used one since I was 15. Uh, you know, the I, I don't understand where the bad rap for the Ouija board comes from. If you use a Ouija board, you're going to be possessed by demons. You're going to open a portal to hell. You're going to have this. You're going to have that, blah, 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 blah. Look, we don't say that about tarot cards. We don't say that about pendulums. We don't say that about crystal balls. We don't say that about dowsing rods. So there's all this plethora of other things out there that we use. Crystals, uh, crystal balls, tarot cards, uh, pendulums, uh, dowsing rods, on and on and on and on. None of those get accused of opening up a portal to hell. They're using the same spiritual energy that you use when you use a Ouija board. But the Ouija board, for some bizarre reason, gets the bad rap. I never understood that. I don't know why. But use a Ouija board if you like, if, you, if you're drawn to it. I've used one successfully since I was 15. I'm here alive and well, never had an attachment, a demon, opened a portal to hell or anything else. Uh, the talking board, we think it's William Fuld and, uh, you know, the modern Ouija board. 
the talking board goes back to the Native American culture here. The Native Americans had a talking board type device that they used successfully. And if you study ancient history way back, I believe it was the Romans even, uh, had uh, devices that were similar to the talking boards and so on and so forth. So this is a paranormal tool that's been around forever and a day. I guess people watched The Exorcist and took it literally and go, oh my God, you can't use a Ouija board, you're going to get a demon. And that's stupid nonsense. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, you know, let's talk good Ouija board stories. I read a validated, vetted story. A woman used the Ouija board and it gave her the winning lottery numbers twice. Oh, don't yeah. even oh, get me, don't even get me started on that. Don't get, I, got, I got screwed over by a Ouija board with the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the story but, here. I'll tell you the story here quickly. Because, yeah. uh, John, I, I 100% agree with you. I did my uh, Dave 101 last week, literally on this exact same topic, that there is no difference between tea leaves, tarot cards, uh, angelic cards, pendulums, uh, dowsing, scrying, automatic all writing. Same. It's all the all same. same. It's all the same. But my Ouija board story happened in 2013 where uh the we were we were on the planchette and the Ouija board kept coming back to me so one of the ladies who was using it says do you have a message for Dave goes yes literally spells out you're going to win the lottery in 9 weeks so i said okay great i said how much 43 million uh, okay, I, I could use that. You know, uh, open up my wallet. I got like nice, yeah. bucks in there, right? You know, so I could, I could use that. So I said, well, where do I buy my ticket? Mm-hmm. Same place, which is I always get my ticket when I go to get gas to drive to work. Okay, right. not a problem. Not a problem. But I thought $43 million was a weird number. You know, mm-hmm. because usually the lottery goes up in... In, in Canada, in increments of two million, five million, or ten million, right? right. <clears throat> so, anyways, I'll be damned if nine weeks later, the draw is for forty-three million dollars. Oh my god! I buy my ticket that yeah. morning. Do exactly what the board was. I had a real stressful day at work. I forget the ticket. I forget all about this. Um, I'm meeting uh, my partner at our friend's house. And uh, that night, and we get back on the spirit board, and it says, congratulations. Oh, my God, forgot about the lottery ticket. I run out to my car, grab my wallet, pull out the lottery ticket, check the numbers on my phone. I didn't get a single number. (laughs) I I was so pissed off by this. Because everything lined up exactly the way the board said it would. Said it would, yeah. And the board's like, sorry, didn't mean to hurt your feelings. (laughs) That's when I would have lit that board up. I would have said, I'm going to burn you up. I would have put a match right (laughs) in front of My my wife, um, before we were together, uh, she dreamed the winning lottery numbers. So instead of writing them down and playing them, she didn't. And guess what? Sure enough, those numbers hit. Oh, man. Every single one of them, she would have won the jackpot. Oh, geez. So that's that's something I never let her live down. 
And, uh, you know, with, with your experience with the, uh, the Ouija board, you know, obviously they had the capability to foresee that, to foresee is going to be 43 million, so on and so forth. So they could have given you that. And I think the message there is frustrating as it is, is not one so much of poking fun at you or whatever, but to say, Hey, you know, let's take this deeper. If we can show you this reality, let's go deeper into the spiritual realm. Uh, when uh, Stanford Research Institute was developed, one of the things that they did was remote view the stock market. And they started making a boatload of money, remote viewing the stock market. Hi, Donnie. And uh, at some point, that stopped. It fell off. And the interpretation that I get is the other side was like, okay, yeah, we, you can use this. You can make a few bucks, whatever. But look, there's more important things than remote viewing the stock market. John, I'm going to get you to leave it right there because we aren't going to okay. go to break here. At the bottom of the hour, John Russell, Spooky Stories, along with our special guest tonight, Roderick Martin from the amazing YouTube channel, Why the Big Secret. Great podcast, great show. Glad to have him sneak on in here. Rod, I hope you're going to stick with us to the top of the hour. Great. We've got a busy show to go for the second half of Spaced Out Radio tonight. I will be honest with you. I used so many curse words at that Ouija board that night. Well, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. Yep. Yep. See, we didn't mess with those in my community. It was just really taboo. It's like, <laughs> nah, we ain't touching that thing. Me, me, and, me and you and Dave all going to get together in person sometime. We're going to break out the Ouija board, light a bunch of candles, get us some bourbon. We're going to have an old-fashioned seance. That's what we're going to do. I, you know what? I... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm okay with that. I'm totally I'm okay FaceTime. with that. I'm on FaceTime, y'all, on that one. Be like, I'm here. <laughs> no, no, no. You can be there in person, brother. You can be there in person. Yeah. You can be sitting by me. You can put your hands on the planchet with me. <laughs> See, we, we we used to do that old. I don't know if I remember in our neighborhood. You know, Candyman. You know, he said. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. Yeah, yeah. All kind of stuff. So yeah. Listen, I, I believe that you can conjure entities, beings, various things. I absolutely believe that. But who would want to do that? that? Purposely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. And I have done such uh, in uh, not necessarily the, the legend type stuff, but I have been able to actively will things to happen or, or beings to communicate with me. And uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely possible. No, I, see, it, it's I don't know, and I'm still like thinking about okay, if you're being contacted at night, how do you know if it was a ghost or ET? They both are using the same dimension, right? Yeah. Or they both can go through walls. They both well, normally a ghost. Yeah. If it's a ghost, it's it's going to be you know a different appearance than than what we typically see as an ET. And 
have plans for the outdoors? Make the memories last with Orca coolers and drinkware. Orca coolers are built to be as strong as the adventures you take them on. That's why they have a lifetime warranty while giving you world-class temperature retention. Orca's premium drinkware offers the same high quality, keeping your drinks icy cold or hot for hours. Their tumblers and martini cup are perfect companions for your next outdoor adventure. Go to orcacoolers.com and use promo code 15 for 15% off your order. That's orcacoolers.com, promo code 15. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Most of the time, it's going to be somebody that you have known uh, that's coming back to communicate with you, that type of thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a link between the two. I think it's, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think, no, I think, I think, I think ETs are one thing, ghost is another. Now, they may use some of the same medium. Okay. Waves or whatever to manifest or communicate or whatever. But, you know, they're, they're definitely different things, but they may be using uh, the same medium to communicate. I was, I was on a podcast. One of the hosts was a professional musician, and we were talking about EVP and not being able to discern the frequency that the voices were on. And he said, you know, he said, as a professional musician, he said, I can take any piece of music, any noise, any sound, anything, and I can put it into the software I can manipulate it, do anything in the world I want to with it. But he said, when I put EVP in there, I can hear it. I can, I can, you know, work through it, slow it down, do this. But I cannot find the frequency that that voice is on. Is that? And we agreed that when we get to the point that we can determine the frequency that these voices are using, then we're going to have real time communication with the other side. That's going to be exciting. John, is that Eric Mintel? Do what? Is that uh, musician Eric Mintel? Um, I don't remember his name. I'd have to look now. It's been so long ago. Yeah, because he's a professional uh, jazz musician. Yeah, I think this was. I think this guy was a rock musician. I'm not real sure, but I, this was on a podcast I was on a long time ago. I'd have to look his name up again. This has been a lot of fun, guys. We're having some fun tonight. Hey, man. Oh, it's yeah. all good. I was busy. I was in L.A. last few weeks ago. so Yeah. And and nothing like drinking bourbon at 2 in the morning. I still haven't got it, but I tell you what, I would eat a steak if it walked by this office tonight. He's, he's going down. There you go. Oh, I had a good oh, steak yesterday for dinner. A nice, I love a good steak. Nice 8-ounce peppercorn. There you go. Well, and you know the dichotomy about eating steaks is you're eating a sentient creature. And when my when I was young, my dad owned a stock farm, and we had cows that went to slaughter, and we had cows that were basically pets, and we didn't see the dichotomy there. And we ate hamburgers, and we had these cows that were just like a dog. We'd come out of the house, and we lived very close to the Colorado River, and we'd go down there 
and fish for catfish. And when we walked down to the river, the cows would follow us down to the river and mm-hmm. hang out with us while we fished and then come back up with us. So they were basically like pets. But then we had cows we shipped off to market for slaughter and we ate hamburgers. It, this world is just so fucked up. It's so strange. It's it's like, what did I got me? All right, boys, we got uh, 12 seconds here. Thank you to Mr. Catfish times two. Donnie, Edge, yeah, Donna, and Christina for the Super Chats. Thank you to everyone who's given us a thumbs up. Here we go, everyone. Let's do it. We passed the halfway point of Space Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with our good friend John Russell tonight, along with Roderick Martin from the Why the Big Secret podcast. You can find it on YouTube as well. Make sure you hit subscribe over there. You really need to. Gentlemen, welcome back. We're talking all things spooky and scary here. You know, I mean, where do you go from here? I mean, I do have some questions from the audience. We'll start off with Donna here. Donna is asking, do you have a message about Carl for Dave? I got a ping about Dave's ET buddy, Carl. So if you don't, I don't think you know the story. So, I don't know the story. So back on April 15th, pardon me, April 20th, 2015, I was broadcasting my show mm-hmm. uh, out of my old house, my old studio, and it was right beside my front door, and I saw something move. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I'm, I'm a guy who always has my night, my outside lights on. Yeah. And this night, for the it was three nights in a row that I did not turn my outside lights on. And I thought, oh, crap, someone's coming to the door, forgetting I have my, you know, podcast going. And and the dogs are going to, you know, run to the front door. They're going to start barking. And the walls are razor thin. And, uh, oh, well. So here I am. And nothing's moving. Nothing's moving. Okay, a few minutes later, I, you know, hit mute on my microphone. My guess is blah, 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 blah in my earphones. I swivel my chair, turn to look out the window, which is just a couple feet away, and there's a giant alien head. Mm-hmm. Big gray head. Big yeah. black almond-shaped eyes staring back at me. Mm-hmm. So I nicknamed him Carl. Didn't know what else <laughs> to name him. He's come back once. That was in 2018, August of 2018. He hasn't come back since. So everybody, uh, every now and again, when we get someone on Intuitive, they always try and figure, ask a question like Donna tonight. Do you know where Carl is? Is he coming back anytime soon? I don't think so. 
And I think that a lot of these experiences that people have with ETs, it may be kind of a probing type situation, a kind of a, uh, oh, let's go look at Dave and, uh, and see what he's up to. Let's see what his reaction is to me and, and so on and so forth. And there may be things that we do that prevents that recurrence. And one of the things I've talked to people about, um, you know, people say, well, people make one huge mistake with extraterrestrials. They automatically assume because of their superior technology that they have a superior intelligence. That's a false equivalency. Okay. My, my uncle could build a, was a, a crazy, crazy mechanic. He literally built a car from parts from the ground up. Okay. But he might not could have done his own taxes. He might've been inept in relationships and so on and so forth. So just because you have a certain technological capability doesn't mean that you're superior in intelligence or superior in intelligence across the board. So that's one huge mistake we made. So we have to understand that, that just because there's this vast technological capability out there doesn't mean there's a superior intelligence to go along with it or a superior humanity or emotion to go along with it. And the other thing we have to understand is that I, I had this revelation the other day and it was like people were talking about if they're so technologically advanced, if they wanted to, they could have already overtaken us and, and destroyed us or enslaved us or whatever this and the other. And I said, you know, think about something. Uh, even physics acknowledges now that an experiment can be altered by its observation. So there is a psychic power there. There's a psychic connection there. Physicists acknowledge that reality. So I have always maintained and others have always maintained that if we get together in concentrated focus, prayer, visualization, affirmation, whatever, that we can affect and change physical reality. What if many of these beings may be hostile or maybe that's the intent is to take over whatever. What if that has been circumvented by the power of prayer, visualization, meditation, these energies that we throw out there that are greater than whatever intelligence or technology that, that they have, we've got that greater power within us. That's interesting. You know, especially on the intelligence side, you know, that we think, like you said, we, we presume that they're higher intelligence and, right. and, and everything else. And, and I've always said that too, as far as, you know, why haven't they done anything to us, especially if, at a time when we had muskets and born arrows and mm-hmm. still the nuclear weapons today, <laughs> you know, it's like right. if they wanted to, they should have done it then, you know, but society, there have always been people of faith. There have always been people of prayer. There have always been witchcraft covens or spiritualist circles or this and the other. There's been some group, some something, and not just in one place, but worldwide that mm. sends positive energy out into the universe and that sends healing energy out into the universe and that works to establish a positive connection with the nature of spirits on earth and this and the other. And this is another revelation I got the other day. 
because I have interacted with nature spirits and I've interacted with entities beings that we don't know what the heck they are, who they are. But what's been conveyed to me is that some of these intelligences are not real thrilled with the ETs incursions and interactions here on earth. Mm. So with us interacting with these nature spirits, with us interacting with all these things, that may be one thing that helps keep some of these things at bay. That's a big question, you know, and that opens up a whole, you know, yeah. topic of disclosure. And I'll, t- I'll exactly. tell you, I, I don't believe in disclosure for one, for one single second. I believe we are in a mm-hmm. confirmation mode, but definitely not a disclosure mode. Disclosure means exactly. you're going to tell me everything. Exactly. Confirmation. Exactly. Yeah, we don't have we don't have disclosure at all, and somebody in the government has to know. Somebody in the government has to know, and why they sit on top of this. It's like Roderick says, "Why the big secret?" Why and, the secret. Yep, that's why we've got to push forward and get that true disclosure because we don't have disclosure right now. We don't. And it's it's frustrating, and we need that. But you know, I I I was in um, L.A. a few weeks ago doing a uh, some shows for uh, the AA team, ancient mm-hmm. alien, and uh, so I did a few episodes there. But one of the things that we came up in a topic was about disclosure. When you know, what do we really want disclosure? Mm-hmm. And and I got to ask him myself when I was on a plane. When the lady stood up and she says, "You know, I want you, in case of an emergency, I I want you to, you know, put the thing, the oxygen right, mask, right, and, right. and blah blah blah." And because you want disclosure so bad, I just want you to know the last flight. You know, uh, we didn't crash, but there was a UFO that flew around past the airplane and kind of disengage some of the weapons you know not weapons but the instrument panels right but we're okay and i was like do we really want that type of disclosure mm-hmm. where especially in, a, in the faa and in, in, in airline capacity you know because they're saying they're seeing these things all the time do you want a brochure handed to you before you got on a plane or when you got off and said that turbulence that we felt uh, it wasn't windshield. It was a, a UAP pass by, but yeah. don't worry. It, we made it do. And and how would they do? How would that work for community and, and confidence, public confidence? I do want that disclosure. Okay. And I want to know who and what these entities or beings are, why they're here, what's their purpose, why is our government hidden this from us? I want to know if I'm going to go up on a commercial flight and endanger myself because of possible UAP UFO activity. I want to know that I want to know what's going on. If there's some type of ulterior motive they have for coming here, that might be deleterious to the human race. I want to know that we have a right to know. Yeah. And I want to communicate with whatever entities, whatever spirits I can on the other side that will help me to preserve myself, to preserve the human race, to stand against this if necessary, or or whatever the situation is. I want to know. I'm an adult. I've lived a long time on this planet. Um, You know, I'm a reasonably intelligent being. I have a right to know. And the, the world at large has a right to know. 
and it, and it's way past time. You know, it's it's acknowledged all over the world that these things are occurring. And again, I go back to the fact that someone in the the scientific military industrial complex, political complex, someone has to know. And there was a um, on a defunct podcast now that I've been on a few times, and uh, and a lot of other people have been on. They used to hold a thing called the Big Phone Home uh, after ET, ET Phone Home. And they got UFO experts from all over the world and so on and so forth. Well, they had a politician come on there one year. And this guy said, you know, we got the unclassified, uh, or rather the classified report. You know, we got the nine-page unclassified report, whatever it was. But those people in Congress got the classified report. And it was, I don't know, it was like 90, 100 pages, whatever it was. And the congressman said, "I because of my oath, I can't tell you what we saw, what we experienced, what we read. But he said, I will tell you, it was like a science fiction novel. And so there are people that know. And, you know, what, what, where do you finally come forward like Edward Snowden and say, okay, I've taken an oath of secrecy, a non-disclosure agreement, blah, 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 blah. But the people need to know this. We've got to get this out there. At some point, somebody's going to have to do that if the government doesn't. We're going to have to find out what's going on here. Well, it's kind of like in the movie, why the, you know, uh, Men in Black, which was the inspiration of Why the Big Secret, when Will Smith sat down with uh, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, right. you know, Tommy Lee Kay, mm-hmm. and he says, you know, um, why the big secret? People are smart. Why won't we tell them? Yeah. And, of course, Kay says, you know, yeah, a person is smart, but people are dumb, whatever, blah, 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 because they can't handle that in a group. And 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 I still will probably go with that because, yeah, you, you and I and Dave and Filthy and the Rex and, and some of these people in the audience mm-hmm. can handle the truth. You know, like Jack, right. you know, you can't handle the truth. We can handle it. <laughs> we can handle there are a lot of folks out there that do not want or cannot probably handle the disclosure and where we're heading with this, yeah. with the knowledge of things. Um, and don't get me wrong. I, I don't think the big secret keepers are going to tell us everything for disclosure. I mean, they're, yeah. they're not going to tell you, you know, they'll admit anything we can bring to them and say, okay, tell us about this. Okay. Yeah. You got us, but they're not going to say, let's open up doors eight, five and six, something y'all don't even know. <laughs> You gotta see this, you know. Right, right. We're not hearing that, you know. And it's like, how far this thing goes. So hopefully, you know, we're we're looking at a new time and day, and and uh, and all of this stuff from Sasquatch to paranormal, the unexplained. You know, all of this moves into a category of realism, right? Where it's not just a conversation, you know, that we have behind the water coolers. It's now. Uh, people are experiencing it. Uh, people, you know, you know, just trust the witnesses is what um, Captain Robert Salas told me one day on the phone. He was like, Roderick, just it's time to trust the witnesses, period. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, another thing we have to look at, too, is anything that our government or military learns about, what do we try and do with it? We weaponize it. How Absolutely. can it be turned into a weapon? We don't look at it as, hey, can we cure cancer with this? Can we get the kids out of St. Jude? Can we cure Alzheimer's? Can we do this? No. 
how can we weaponize this? How can we use this against our enemies? So that seems to be the mindset of the government and anything that they learn about this technology or about these beings, it's going to be, can we weaponize it? Can we use it to our advantage or how do we fend them off or, or whatever? So we have this whole militaristic mindset that's so prevalent upon this planet and always has been that we have to, to try and get through, that we have to try and work through. And that's, boy, that's, that's, a, that's a wall. Well, I mean, guys, you know, my audience is going to be so sick and tired of me saying this, but I'll say it anyways. You look at the at the at the lies and manipulation that NASA is pulling right now. <laughs> okay, and yet we yep. have people out there, from Chris Mellon to these UAP activists, cheering them on, saying. Good job, NASA. Way to get into the game. This is breathtaking to watch. And I'm sitting here scratching my head like it's bloody Groundhog Day, thinking every shuttle mission, every rocket mission since Gemini has been followed. They have astronauts and pilots who have gone public stating this is what we saw. We saw the crafts. We saw the aliens. They were there looking at us. They were there on the moon. You know, you got to follow the money, Dave. They didn't want to get left out of the purse. And they was like, look, there's like billions and gazillions of dollars being laying around. Can we get some of it? You know, and it's, it's, why not? Okay, let's get in on it, too. And, you know, they got the baseline. They've been having the data, the evidence, everything for years, like you just said. All I want is Bill Nelson, the head of NASA, to stop talking in front of a microphone because, Bill, you're making yourself look like a fool. You really right. are. Okay, right. yeah. just, just, Bill, just, just go in the back room and open the closet. That's all I want. Go in the back room, open the closet or the filing exactly. cabinet, and just bring out the photos. Bring out yeah. the reel-to-reel tapes. Exactly. You still have them. Exactly. You still have them. Yep. You're not throwing that stuff out with the the rest of the Apollo garbage that you didn't save. Yep. Allegedly. Exactly. Exactly. You know, there there's so much out there, and I and I feel like, you know, talking to to Roderick's point about, you know, certain people just couldn't handle this, and I think that's true. That there are certain people. I've always said. Every time I've talked about this, that if a UFO were to land on the White House lawn tomorrow, the proverbial scenario, that there would be, and I'm from Texas, so I can say this. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Adobe, Pepsi, and Home Depot, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. Listen to this insight from Stanley Druckenmiller, the greatest investor of all time. If you love what you do, first of all, your work ethic is going to be fantastic. You're just going to be better at something if you enjoy it than if you don't enjoy it. And this from Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target. I think you've got to balance short-term with long-term. And you've got to have a conviction that the things you're doing, your investments, your strategy, over time, you're making the right investments and right decisions for your brand and your business. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to.
Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. There'll be some good old boys from Texas loading up the pickup trucks and the shotguns. Yeehaw, we're going to go get a smiley. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be there. Uh, There's going to be devout Christians that are going to go and surround the craft on the White House lawn, hold hands with the Bible, and pray Jesus save the aliens. So we're going to have all these reactions, yes. But will it be the end of humanity? No. Will it be... You know, mass chaos. I think there'd be a little bit of chaos, but not for long. Uh, we're very adaptable people, and uh, we're, we're, for the most part, fairly intelligent. I think there's enough people out there that try and point things in the right direction. And so I think that we're capable in mass of dealing with this issue, experiencing this issue, and figuring out where we go from there. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it could be like Ronald Reagan said, (laughs) could be one of the most unifying things on the planet if we find out there is this definitive it out there to deal with, then how do we as humanity deal with that? And, uh, you know, we would round off the rough edges like we do with everything else. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out because NASA's got a team and they're going to spend – you know, $100,000 trying to tell us whether or not they got aliens or not. You know, do we really need to be uh, spending that money? And I realize what you said, uh, Roderick, it is about the money. It totally is, is about the money. Oh, yeah. Okay. But at some time, we as a UFO community need to stand up for ourselves and say yes. enough is enough. Stop yes. treating us like we're idiots. Yeah. Stop treating us like children. Exactly right. Exactly right. I agree with you on that. I, I, I think it's, it's one of those things that they do. They do need to understand that we mean business. Yeah. And we're serious about this disclosure and information. And we're going to go down there. And that's why I was trying to start the hashtag UFO taxes. Right. So least at this point, People know that they're spending money on these things and they can ask questions. Just find out where your money is going. And that's exactly. the bottom line. Exactly. And, you know, we, we, we say that we're going to do something, you know, and one of the best ways to do that still is to contact your congressman and, and fuss and fight and get numbers out there. And the problem is it's like, you know, Dave, we can address this. Roderick, we can address this. I can address this. I used to be a distance runner, bicycle racer, lift weights, practice martial arts, played tennis, so on and so forth. And you decide that you're going to pursue a course of action. Let's say it's fitness. And let's say I'm going to run five miles a day every day and then take a break a few months down the road and then resume whatever. And you get up and you're, oh boy, the bed feels so good. And it's just so warm. I'm the, I'll, I'll run later and you don't and you do this and you do this and you get down the road and you look back at your diary and you haven't ran in a week, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm going to work out and I'm going to do this. I'm going to get in shape 
and uh, the, the visitors come, the kids come, the family comes. You got to take a trip. You got to do this. You got to do that. You look back, you haven't worked out in two weeks. And then I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to meditate every day. I'm going to connect every day. Oh, my old long lost friend I haven't seen long. Let's go out to eat. Let's do this. Let's do that. Then you get home. Well, I'm going to meditate. Oh, man, the game's on. The game's on. I've got to see the game. And, and you do this and you do that. Three days go by. Four days go by. Five days go by. You haven't done anything. You haven't meditated. You haven't done this. You haven't prayed. You haven't done that. You haven't visualized. You haven't done anything. So this is our problem with everything. We have intentions, and it's so difficult to stay self-disciplined and self-focused to complete those intentions. And so when we say, by God, we're going to demand our government do this, do that, do that, do that. We rise up one time and throw the spear and by God, I'm here. I need answers. And then after that, it's like, oh, wow, look what's on Pornhub or look what's on my cell phone or look what's on HBO or look what's on Prime or, oh, geez, my wife's griping at me to do this and do that. Oh, the cars broke down. I got it. And we're so easily distracted and we lose focus. And we think we're doing these things, but we're not. We lose focus. We get shifted away. We're, we're somewhere else. And when we come back to it, and I'm as guilty as anybody else, and we come back to it, we go, oh, my God, it's been five days since I've done this, 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 this thing. So this is our problem in dealing with the government. We go away real easy, and the government knows that because it's human nature. So what we have to do is make this concentrated, consistent effort and keep you know, the, the battering ram going at the government doors until we break through and finally get something. And it's difficult to do, but that's what we have to do. Gentlemen, I want to say a big thank you for both of you coming on Spaced Out Radio tonight. John Russell and special guest Roderick Martin from the Why the Big Secret podcast on YouTube. Highly suggest you go hit subscribe on that channel. Uh, Rod, thanks for the big surprise of you coming on tonight with us. Hey, man, I appreciate that it. That was awesome, Roderick. Good to see you, my brother. Hey, <laughs> same here. I'm, I'm sitting here watching, and Christina is in there, and I'm like, y'all in it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I said hello. You know, the great, the great thing is, you know, I'm 68, so, you know, the, the, the world's running out of bricks, and we got younger guys coming in. We got, got Christina it. coming in, all these young people coming in to carry that torch. We're carrying the torch right through Hour 3 next on Spaced Out Radio. Thank you, guys. What a great show. What I love great it. Show. Was that fun. was so Roger, much fun. Good to see you, Dave. It's always awesome. Love all the people in the chat. Love you, Dave. Love you, Roderick. This has been a good time. We'll do it again, man. Oh yeah! All right, I'm gonna head on. You know, I'm in Dallas. This is it's one. What time is it? One o'clock. <laughs> and uh, my mom is gonna call me. There you go. There you go. And I, I got two o'clock. I'm gonna go get another glass of bourbon. Oh, <laughs> hey, hey. Well, why not? Right? If, if you got, why it, not, baby? I I got to run here because I got some uh, special guests coming on at the top of the hour. So I'm gonna let you guys go. And uh, much, right. much love, Rod. We got to get you back on the show soon. Let's do it. And all right, John, I'm going to give you a call tomorrow. So do right. it. Take care, guys. All right, guys. Love you both. Take care. Good night. Good, Good night, fun. guys. Love to you all. All right. Oh. We'll be right back, guys.
Close can see it. Hello, ladies. Hello. No nice to see you. No swearing this time. Oh my gosh. Best behavior, I promise. Good to have you back. Thanks for having us. It's great to be back. I cut my hair. We noticed. It looks great. It looks great. Give me two seconds here. Sure. Copy. Uh, for those of you asking Roderick's uh, channel on YouTube, I'm just posting it right there. You can grab that and go hit subscribe. I highly suggest you do. Uh, let's see. Tokeland, how you doing? Um, Mr. Gray Owl, what's happening? Zed's dead. Welcome to SOR chat. And Knight Rider. Paula W., good to see you. Raz, thanks for coming on in. Dan Sheehan, welcome. And I know Leanne is out there listening somewhere. Yeah. No, the other Leanne. <laughs> somewhere. So where, where, where are you ladies tonight? We're actually on Vancouver Island right now. Oh. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Hold on. We got 17 seconds. Thank you, Catfish Times 2. Donnie Ange in Australia. Donna and Christina for the super chats. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. Hit subscribe if you're new. And we're going to rock and roll right now with hour number three. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Here we go with the third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club, Barathrum. Barathrum is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Now, usually in hour number three, we kick things off with going to the Swamp Dweller, but we'll do that in the next half hour because we've got special guests coming in right now. From beyond the haunting up here in Canada, we have Leanne, Kelly, and Corrine, who you may have recognized from a couple months ago where I had them in studio, where they were filming a docu-series on the gold rush 
from the Canadian border side. Now, we all know in the 1850s, the gold rush started in California and Nevada, made its way up through the western United States and into British Columbia on its way to the Klondike. Well, these lovely ladies, who are good friends of mine, literally have taken the paranormal side and pushed it out to the world. Beyond the Haunting is what it's called. This team, the Gold Rush, let's do it. Leanne, Kareen, and Kelly, welcome back to Spaced Out Radio. How you doing? Awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, happy to be here. It is great to be here because this is our first time. We're actually going to get to talk about what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, we can talk about it. Now, your episodes will air when? So it's on T&E in Canada, and it's airing on October 30th at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. And it's a back-to-back episode, so you can watch the two full hours that evening. Yes. And it is called Haunted Gold Rush. So yeah, we can. We, when we were in studio, we couldn't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's called Haunted Gold Rush on T&E. Yeah. Well, we're looking forward to it. And, you know, there, there may be a little cameo of, of David there for, for just uh, like at least 12 seconds. I think I got 12 seconds of fame in this show. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. And, you know, the fact that we got to experience Leanne uh, and you, you and I have talked uh, numerous times about this, you know, privately on, on the phone and in person regarding, you know, just the caribou area where we all live is just a phenomenon that really, really needs more investigation. And by the way, just so you know, and I mentioned it earlier on the show, just two, three weeks ago, we had an encounter with a Sasquatch in the forest. Wow. So n- next time you're in town, you know where I do, you know where I work on my daytime job. You can come out, and I'll tell you all about that because I know you and cool. you want to get more into the cryptid side and the, and the UFO side of things <laughs> as, as we move forward. Yeah, you, I'm definitely into having that conversation. Let's oh talk yeah, about it. we will. We will. And uh, I, I look forward to it too. But a lot of people in Canada, especially, don't understand how haunted we really are. We don't. We're we're not big people like like our our, our fellow and great Americans to the south of us, where they really celebrate the past and they very much celebrate their their locations of of where things have taken place whether it's been happiness or a lot of darkness and up here in Canada we just don't do that we don't celebrate the areas where you know paranormally speaking that they're you know lack of a lack of a sounding a very punish here but they don't understand how much gold is in the paranormal up here so, Kelly, let, Ke- Kelly, let's get to you here for a second, because, you know, when, when you look at, you know, how haunted the caribou region is, why was it does this play such an important part in your story? Totally. Um, OK, so, well, firstly, it's our backyard. So we've driven past or along the Gold Rush Trail for so long, our whole lives, and we've experienced things ourselves. We've heard stories for so long and, and with all of the 
the things going on in the canyon recently, the unearthing and the slides and the floods and the fires and all of that stuff, everything felt like, and it sounds like from everybody that we spoke to and, and reached out to us, that there's more activity happening. And so it just, it felt like time. Yeah, and nobody's really ever taken, like you said, no one's ever walked the Gold Rush Trail with a paranormal lens, you know? Yeah. So it's a totally different take on history. And we felt like we're walking with spirit you know like we're kind of going back in time and this is happening right now like we're interacting with the spirit like we did in the location that you were on site in it was happening right then you know like you can't deny that oh no i've been in there many a times i know that it's a but you guys started this where like how did this you know from your television perspective we all know the gold rush really started in Yale, British Columbia. Did you start in Yale and work your way up or did you start in Barkerville and work your way down? No, that's a good question. So uh, we did start in Yale. So we had been um, intrigued by a lot of the locations and we'd been talking to people and we've been called into many locations all the way up the canyon over the, uh, the years. And so we decided to start in Yale, which was the starting point where the steamboats would come in and, you know, that's where the tens of thousands of miners would really start their journey and we decided to kind of retrace it and move our way north. So we started in Yale. Um, if you've seen anything in the uh, first episode, we ended up in uh, Cache Creek at a certain ranch. And we'll give too much away. Uh, and then we ended up at the location uh, in your area. And then we went all the way up into Barkerville as well and spent a couple days in Barkerville. So we did like 650 kilometers north. <laughs> It was an epic road trip. It wasn't your usual girls road trip. There's yeah. no spas or anything. Um, and yeah, we retraced it right from Yale all the way up to Barkerville. The importance of that trail, uh, for people who don't know, Yale, British Columbia, is the really the ending point of where boats can travel up the Fraser River. And back then... I don't think a lot of people realize, historically speaking, you know, the Mississippi River is known for the paddle boats. But back in that 1800s, because of the gold rush, the Fraser River actually had more paddle boats on it than the Mississippi River. You know, and, and that's hard to believe, but but due to the amount of people coming over from the United States and China, Japan, India all coming for the rush of gold. I mean, this was an area where, hey, there was no internet back there. There was barely any newspapers back then, but word traveled quick about how much gold was on this trail. And I don't think a lot of people, Kareen, realize how much lawlessness there was wow. in this on this trail during that time. I mean, this is the trail that actually led to the beginning of the Northwest Mounted Police, which people now know as the Mounties or the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. When Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Adobe, Pepsi, and Home Depot, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. Listen to this insight from Stanley Druckenmiller, the greatest investor of all time. If you love what you do, first of all, your work ethic's going to be fantastic. You're just going to be better at something if you enjoy it than if you don't enjoy it. 
And this from Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target. I think you've got to balance short-term with long-term. And you've got to have a conviction that the things you're doing, your investments, your strategy, over time, you're making the right investments and right decisions for your brand and your business. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Have plans for the outdoors? Make the memories last with Orca coolers and drinkware. Orca coolers are built to be as strong as the adventures you take them on. That's why they have a lifetime warranty while giving you world-class temperature retention. Orca's premium drinkware offers the same high quality, keeping your drinks icy cold or hot for hours. Their tumblers and martini cup are perfect companions for your next outdoor adventure. Go to orcacoolers.com and use promo code 15 for 15% off your order. That's orcacoolers.com, promo code 15. When you think of the BC gold rush, not a lot of people know a lot about it at all. And so if you go back to the 1800s, when, you know, like you said, tens of thousands of miners from around the world were coming here, like the paddle ships and the steamboats that would get to Yale and, you know, the journey north, it was a booming, wild, often violent place, right? It was lawless. And, you know, what happened to all those people? They obviously all didn't strike it rich. So for us, we were really intrigued by the history of those untold stories, like, what happened to all these people that didn't quite even get to Barkerville or died along the way or, you know, gave up and turned back. So it was a way for us to connect with that history that we didn't know tons about either and go in and explore these locations and, and, you know, find out why it's all of a sudden this intensifying paranormal hotspot region and, and what's still going on there. So, yeah, I agree with the history that there's a lot of history along the Fraser Canyon all the way to Barkerville and beyond, but um yeah, I don't think a lot of it's known, and that was kind of our intrigue as well. Leanne, for you, what did you learn about yourself and this area doing this this incredible paranormal adventure? Um, what did I learn about myself? I would say, like, I've always been that person who has shouted this from the rooftops. You know, I have always talked paranormal. I haven't been embarrassed by it or afraid to talk about it, and I'm so happy to get to do it in this avenue and just kind of like go down the rabbit holes, have the conversations, be okay to talk about the unknown and just ask the question. We don't know what it is. And to be able to do that has been super powerful for me. Well, and, and Kelly, for you, you know, you're kind of the quote, end quote skeptic of the team, you know, uh, and I'm so glad that we've actually gone through about 11 minutes of air and you haven't had a potty mouth yet. So that, that's <laughs> No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, but yeah, but but for you being on this adventure with uh, with Kareen and, and Leanne and and getting together with this, what are some of the highlights for you regarding this adventure? Ghost speaking, ghostly speaking. Yeah. So for me, I'll give you a quick Cole's note. So for me, firstly, like growing up, we didn't talk about any of this stuff. So this was all kind of weird or like things that we would naturally be taught to judge or kind of like joke about. So becoming friends with Leanne in high school, that opened my mind and kind of cracked me open. And first it went in one ear, out the other, and then it started to sink in and I saw these two. So when we started doing investigations and doing the trail, it's so powerful for me to validate the experiences that when I started to look back on my childhood, I realized that I actually did have abilities back then. It, it just kind of got left on the wayside, I suppose. So looking back, I realized, oh, I was one of those kids who had things happening that 
I couldn't explain, but nobody wanted to, you know, talk about those things. So I was able to speak to these two about it and walk with them and go into these places. And it started with me being the fly on the wall or their shadow, just observing as a witness and listening to what was going on. And after a while, I started to realize, oh my gosh, like I'm feeling those same things too. Or I have this, I see something in my mind's eye. And then I started saying these things to them and they would validate me and say, oh, that's what I'm getting too. So for me, it's been this whole journey from when we started and before we even started the company Beyond the Haunting. And just, it's been this whole evolution of embracing what's always been, I suppose. So doing the trail was really special because it is in our backyard and it's delving into history and it's validating the experiences of these people who've called us in, who sometimes people don't believe them or sometimes people scoff at them. So when we come in and we experience it and they firstly, it just gives them this feeling of I'm not alone, mm-hmm. which is something that maybe we were lacking before. And and also diving into the history. It's, it's just super special. I feel super honored to be able to, to do this and to share it with the, an audience. Now you guys have been doing a whirlwind tour of media events around Canada regarding this new show coming up here. You know, what has been the reaction from a lot of people across Canada that you have talked to regarding this new event? Uh, We're really excited to see all female leads. Like we've heard that quite a bit. Um, So um, that's been not surprising, but what has surprised me is they really like, um, our backgrounds too, like how we came to this point in our lives. Like that story has been pretty powerful to get across too, because it's all very different. Um, but yeah, no, that surprised me a bit. And I think hearing that, you know, um, they find us to be kind of authentic is, is huge because to us, this is who we are. This is our life. So for people to say that, you know, we're authentic, I I find that just really validating for myself and for all of us, because we, we're not making this up. Like this is real. Oh, yeah. This is like yeah. there's happen, no, as you know. There's no acting. Let yeah. me tell you that much. <laughs> and when people like are calling us in or they've shared experiences just like you did at the location we went into and you shared your, what happened with you. You know, we go in and we're like, oh my gosh, what are we walking into? And then we're like, oh my God, we had like this very similar experience. Like we experienced something here. So I think that's kind of all part of it too, where it is authentic for us yeah. and it is real. And that's really important for people to know. All right, let's let's find out uh, from each and every one of you your favorite haunted story from the Gold Rush. Corrine, let's start with you. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm going to go with, um, I won't give too much away. You'll have to watch it on the 30th at 9 p.m. on TNE. But um, <laughs> I would say there's at the 108 barn, um, at the Clydesdale barn. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I was not sure what to expect. Um, I was quite on edge. I was anxious. I was nervous. I was pumped up, as uh, as you uh, know. And when I walked in and um, I saw what I saw, I won't give too much away, but what I, when I saw what I saw, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of profanity. I apologize to audiences. It was beeped out because I was not <laughs> expecting to see that so clear. And that it startled me. It was quite scary. I wasn't expecting to have that so clear quickly uh, while we were there so for me it was definitely the Clydesdale bar <laughs> I'm laughing because I warmed him up for you <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah how about sure. for, how about for you, Leanne? What was what was your favorite? Um. So I had a moment in uh, Barkerville where we came into one of the one of the buildings, and you know. Like, if you know me, you know, like, I'm not, I don't love being alone in dark spaces. It's not my passion. And so, but the spirit was like drawing us like to different places. And so Kelly was drawn to a place. Kareen was drawn to a place. I'm like, oh, great. I I feel like I need to go to the basement by myself. So it was kind of a terrifying moment that they were intelligent and they were trying to separate us. And we did that. And yeah, I had to like overcome a bit of fear there, but there's definitely Something I, in Barkerville. I have to ask, was that at the theater? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I, I walked into the theater one night with Merle and Ross Allison, and I turned and looked and saw a full-body apparition standing, leaning over the edge from from uh, the uh, second-story be- balcony. Yeah. So well, that's I, intriguing. That's interesting, Dave. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So on episode two, <laughs> there might be some stuff that you'd be intrigued about. Well, yeah, does a lot of cardio running. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yeah. That was fun. That was fun. And and for you, Kelly, what what was your oh, favorite haunting? Um. Maybe the final location that we go to, because it was so, I mean, it was all very unexpected and you try not to go in with expectations, you know, like you expect something and then it's something else you expect a lot and it's whatever. So the last one for me was a lot because it was like, I was like clicking in within this space. I was clicking into the energy in the space. It was, it was pretty amazing actually to just click in in one spot and then to feel I'm saying out loud this is what I'm feeling I feel like I need to do this and Leanne is processing what's going on and sort of guiding me through the room a little bit and then I click into the next space it was just so powerful and amazing and it's yeah it's just such a wild ride we can't wait for audiences to see it so we can talk so we can fully more (laughs) (laughs) that is that is impressive the, but I mean, the, the fact is, I mean, the one thing that I loved, even, even with the short time that we spent together at, at the 108 Heritage site, you know, where I joined you guys, was the fun that you three were having. And, you know, you weren't taking this for granted. You weren't taking this as a sideshow for, you know, the paranormal. You guys were very serious about what you were doing but you also knew that even though there was a job to do i really felt that you three were just trying to you know enjoy every minute of it because this may be something that starts into something larger or it may be something that's just one of those brief memories in life that we get to talk about to our grandkids at a, at a later date. But I, I just, it was really impressive to watch you three just, just go in there and, and enjoy what, what, what I saw, what you guys were doing. So, I mean, I, I really commend you three on that. I really do. I mean, there's no ego here. It's, you know, there's no, attitude or anything that and trust me i have interviewed a lot of ghost hunters okay and don't 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 be like that 
don't you know don't get like that it but it but it's it's impressive to watch you three do this it really is no thank you for saying that thanks for saying that and it is really special i mean no matter where we go i feel really grateful and i'll be so cheesy for a second but i feel so grateful to to be doing this with them and i and i've learned so much from them and i continue to learn so much about myself yeah so cheese over dame yeah (laughs) and it was awesome having you there dave like you know, having your expertise and your experience, like for us kind of going in to mm-hmm. go have our own, like just yeah. that was so valuable. Yeah, absolutely. We do appreciate well, all of your time. The good news is everybody got out of the 108 barn safe. Yes. That, that's, yeah. You, you know, the one thing that bugs me about about our country here in Canada is we don't have these these giant paranormal conferences we don't have these UFO conferences or anything like that, you know, because I would love to see you three go on a circuit province to province to province to province with these, you know, paranormal tours just just to go meet people. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, ever knowing that I'm on there, I've been practicing my autograph just to make sure, <laughs> you know. Oh, well, there's, well, there's the trailer's the running on T&E right now and you're in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yes. Check yourself out. Oh. Oh. We'll but, send you the link to put in here. Absolutely. Uh, but it, honestly, we got about just over a minute to go here, and uh, it's been a pleasure. And I can't w- uh, wait to hang out with you guys again. And, yeah, and yeah. when yeah. Do you, when do you guys actually get to go home? <laughs> We're not sure. <laughs> I don't even know what day it is, to be honest. <laughs> Hopefully in the next yeah. week or so, we'll yeah. We'll be home at some yeah. point soon, yeah. Well, we, we all good. should get together and and head out to to Red Rock or something for dinner one night and uh, and and just go talk about some stories and some locations because I think uh, we all would have a good time and I could you guys can fill me in with everything that you learned and I could fill you in with some some cool stories and things that I've learned but uh, honestly uh Kareen, Leanne, Kelly, congratulations on your show. Thank you for letting myself and our spaced out radio audience be just a tiny part of of living your dream of bringing the gold rush uh, to to light in the paranormal world. It's about time. It's well deserved. And thank you so much, uh, Beyond the Haunting team. Thank, thank you. So much. We'll call you about Red Rock. <laughs> yeah, you better. <laughs> That's right. The thirtieth of October, nine p.m. Pacific, nine p.m. Eastern. Go check it on out, The Haunted Gold Rush, with these ladies, Kareen, Leanne, and Kelly. Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller is going to join us. Then little Timmy Senor, the man we call the Timbit, is going to bring us the UFO report to the top of the hour. Space Down Radio continues right after this. Great job, ladies. Great job. Thank you. So good to see you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I know, I'm, I know, and and uh, I've been excited to uh, do this, and and uh, you know, it's uh, it's been a push. It's been a real push. You guys have been pushing one direction. We've been pushing in different directions here on, on our own growth. So everything seems to be working the way it's supposed to right now. 
Fantastic. Awesome. Well, yeah. thanks for having us. Yeah. And if you didn't know you're in the trailer on TNE, the commercials are apparently running now. So. Yeah. I, I, I tagged you in some stuff today, too, for Beyond the Haunting. So check it out. I will. And uh, thank you, ladies, for everything that you guys are doing. And and uh, anytime you guys want to come in studio and chat, just come on. You, 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 guys, you know where SOR headquarters is. Three of the very few who know where SOR headquarters is. In the middle of the forest where Sasquatch walks right around and Dogman's lurking. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you ladies go get some sleep. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk soon, okay? Sounds great. Thanks, Dave. All right. Take care. Good night. All right. I like them. I like them. They're nice. They're nice. Let's see if we can pull up this trailer here. Hold on. I don't think T&E would mind if we played it. Uh, is this it? This might be it. Do we got time? Oh, I think we got time. Hold on. It's part two. Hold on. Let's see if we can get part one here. the videos hold on okay here it is hold on hopefully we got time I don't think T&E is going to uh, uh, mind if we play this so I'm just going to play it oh goodness I hit the wrong button hold on stop sharing Uh, share screen Chrome tab. There we go. There we go. Oh, I got this muted. Kareem and Kelly. Are you willing to come and talk? Hold on. British Columbia's Gold Rush Trail is a legacy of murder, betrayal, and spirits. Did it just touch my arm? I see a rope. Did they hang people here? Paranormal investigators Leanne, Kareem, and Kelly. Are you willing to come and talk with us? Explore the bloody history of Fraser Canyon through the phantoms that lived it. Ready for this? Is someone there? My heart skipping beats. There are really spirits in these locations. <laughs> Haunted Gold Rush, two-part special, premieres October 30th at 9 on TNE. I'm not in there, but that's okay. My photo was. The photo of the ghost on the stairs was. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I'll take that. I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this. And that was fair use. Fair use. Thank you, YJ. Fair use. Don't come after me, T&E. I'm promoting you. I'm promoting you. Fair use. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be real good. It's kind of weird having little Timmy Ceno or the Timbit coming on late tonight. I didn't see myself in that. That's okay. My double chin would have ate up like three quarters of the camera at about 28 seconds of the film. (coughs) right on right on 
Let's bring in Tim early. Let's bring him in early. Hi, little Timmy Seenor. Surprise, surprise. Wasn't ready for you there. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, really great stuff, though. Um, So, did you see Ghosts, buddy? Did I? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that place is completely haunted. That's so cool. I, I, think... I did a show back then uh, for T&E about a year ago called Witness UFO, and it was only released in Canada. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't even get to watch it. They had to send me a copy of my episode. I think uh, I'm, only, I'm on in the first part of our number one. So that'll be cool. Cool. I'm Arlena. Share that with me somehow because we won't be seeing it here in the U.S. We don't get teeny. I know. I know. Here we go, everyone. Let's mute Timmy. Third, we're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show. And on TikTok, at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we're going to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller has us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. NASA is hiding something terrible. This story occurred a few years ago in 2019. I, at the time, was a senior in high school. I live in South Mississippi near the NASA-owned Stennis Space... Hey, Seaspire Country, circle up. Inflation has hit us hard, so here's what we're going to do. We're giving you 12 months of free service on any new line. Together, we're fighting back with our best deal in wireless history. We call it Inflation Retaliation. Get your wireless plan free for 12 months with any new line activation. Because in Seaspire Country, we look after our own. Requires new line activation and 36-month service obligation. Early termination fee applies. See Seaspire.com for details. Family Dollar has more for Halloween. Find everything for the perfect celebration. Costume accessories, decorations, and a huge variety of candy. Family Dollar, helping you do more. Enter. Here, they do test rocket engines for future space travel. Since the rocket engines are known to create a large blast, there are thousands of acres of dense pine forest around the testing area to hold large game such as deer and wild hog. On a seemingly warm and humid night in mid-September, I decided to trespass in the buffer zone to try my luck at bagging a wild hog. I was using an AR-15 with a night scope. 
Around 11 p.m. I exited from I-10 onto some back roads that took me to more minor logging roads, leading into the buffer zone. I parked my truck outside the buffer zone just a bit and started my two-mile walk into the pines. I found a tree I liked just off the dirt road and set up my overlook over the street, and a large field left over from the logging field. Not even ten. Uh, I wonder where that went. Let's try that again. NASA is hiding something terrible. This story occurred a few years ago in 2019. I, at the time, was a senior in high school. I live in South Mississippi near the NASA-owned Stennis Space Center. Here, they do test rocket engines for future space travel. Since the rocket engines are known to create a large blast, there are thousands of acres of dense pine forest around the testing area to hold large game such as deer and wild hog. On a seemingly warm and humid night in mid-September, I decided to trespass in the buffer zone to try my luck at bagging a wild hog. I was using an AR-15 with a night scope. Around 11 p.m. I exited from I-10 onto some back roads that took me to more minor logging roads, leading into the buffer zone. I parked my truck outside the buffer zone just a bit and started my two-mile walk into the pines. I found a tree I liked just off the dirt road and set up my overlook over the street, and a large field left over from the logging field. Not even ten minutes into the setup of my tree stand, I see a set of headlights flashing amberly. Shit, I must have set off some motion detection or have been spotted on a trail camera. I held tight in the tree, and the car stopped a few hundred feet away from the road. I can make out the word security on the side of the vehicle through my scope. Two men get out and one sparks up a cigarette. Probably just some kids, I hear one of them say. Wanna look around? The others say. I couldn't help but notice the nighttime noises you usually hear slowly fade away. And both men grew uneasy by the looks of it. And without a word they got back in their car and drove away in a hurry. Huh. That was odd. I told myself as I realized that no noises were coming from the surrounding forest, not even the cool breeze that usually flows through the pines. Like clockwork, I hear a deafening howl or a scream. It was a blood-curdling screech that sounded like a crow if it would howl like a wolf. I grew up on the bayou and had Native American blood, so honestly, I've heard many stories of the Rougarou and other folk stories. I've spent plenty of time in the woods and have never heard any noise like it. I'm a big guy now. I'm 6'4", 220 pounds, give or take, not to mention I have an AR-15. But just then, I crapped myself. I quickly dropped down the tree, scraping myself badly and began walking fast to get out of there. Before I exited the clearing, I scanned the field with my night vision scope. And there I saw it, maybe a hundred yards away, staring me down. A sizable, coyote-looking animal. We don't have wolves. So that was out of the picture. But this thing was huge, and it looked almost human in some places. Its hands were spotty with mangy fur. It was patchy with whiter gray skin under it. I hauled ass, and I was not going to stay and try to be the badass guy from the movies who hunts and kills the mysterious creature. I ran for maybe 15 minutes until I could see my truck ahead. It was a white truck, so it reflected well in the moonlight. I couldn't help but notice what sounded like another pair of footsteps running with me. I wasn't stopping to try to see what it was, and my goal was to get to my truck and never look back. As I got to my vehicle, I fumbled with my keys because it was an older truck and didn't have a remote unlock. When I got in, 
I started it and flipped on my light bar. I could see a set of glowing orange eyes staring at me, right in the front of my windshield. I stepped on it and drove 15 minutes to my house where I got home and could not sleep. In the days following, I asked my buddy's dad, who I'm close with, who works as an essential guy over at the Stennis in the security department. He just shrugged it off and almost laughed about it. I have a feeling he knows what it was, and since then I haven't heard any other stories about it. But I have heard other stories about Stennis Space Center, like creepy men dressed in all black suits darting into the forest. Almost like that video that surfaced a few years ago of all those faceless guys in suits on the side of the road. I've heard some similar stories to mine, but nothing exact. Please let me know what you think of these odd encounters. Uh, we thank the Swamp Dweller for coming on in every third hour on Spaced Out Radio here. And of course, you can hear thousands of Swamp Dweller stories for free by going to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. And now it is time to move on over to some UFOs because the Tim bit himself. Little Timmy Senor is here for the UFO report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. What is up, my friend? Good to have you here. Thanks for having me, Dave. Good to be here. I appreciate you coming in late here. Been a packed show tonight. Very packed. Yeah. You know? Just Yeah, great stuff. Great guests. And uh, great bonus guests. And how exciting that you've got a show coming out on right. T&E out there in Canada. That is awesome. Well, like I said, I'm only about six seconds of the episode. They couldn't fit my fat butt around... Uh, camera too much so you know they only you get... were there buddy i was there and... i was there yeah. i watched them record yeah. yeah yeah and you probably and you're not telling him obviously but you probably had some creepy experiences there i'll bet well i've experienced a lot in that barn where they filmed I've experienced a lot and i knew what they were going up against and I wanted to make sure that everybody came out of there safe as well. So, I mean, after that episode, after they filmed there, I actually went down back down there after our show and stayed there for about an hour and a half just to make sure everybody got out of there safe. Because I know the guy upstairs, he's he can be a very unfriendly uh, spirit at times. So... They did Interesting. well. They did well. Interesting. Maybe I'll have to dig some of that info out after hours. Maybe. Maybe. Speaking of UFOs, because we are shortened tonight. Yeah. What do you got for us? Let's start off. Something about George Knapp. Maybe you have found well, a new secret. Uh, yeah. Before we skid into that one, I kind of really wanted to circle back to Ben Hansen's case out in the islands there. Sure. Um, and so there is an update with that case. And so accomplished airline pilots are reporting UFOs flying in what is now being called a racetrack pattern. And so new videos are coming out and show distinguished commercial airline pilots witnessing mysterious lights over the Pacific Ocean. And this has been happening all summer long. 
And so there's a newly accomplished airline pilot revealing their UFO sighting to the uh, to their employers. But now they're starting to get instructed to, quote unquote, keep quiet about the UFOs. And so according to a new report, some of the pilots are being hushed and some of their reports aren't making it into the public purview. And so fortunately, Ben Hansen is out here independently taking reports for all the pilots that can't make and file those official reports. And so videos and air traffic control audio recordings reveal that experienced commercial airline pilots witnessed UFOs all summer long in 2022. The UFO sightings were reported to the Federal Aviation Administration, and some of the pilots recorded video of the UFO sightings. And in one of the UFO videos, a pilot spotted as many as seven bright, unidentified flying objects in the sky that were far brighter than any of the stars. And the UFO sightings all occurred between August and September of this year. And so there have been numerous sightings, but I'm going to skip down to the bottom of this excellent article coming from Bro Bible to the part where we discuss a new sighting coming from a pilot of a Gulfstream charter jet off the Los Angeles coast named Mark Halsey. And so he is heard telling air traffic control, we've got a few aircraft to our north here, and he's going around in circles much higher in altitude than us. Any idea what they are? Of course, the air traffic controller responded, uh, no, no, I don't. And so there was nothing entering any military or any kind of airspace or anything. So I'm not sure, end quote. So um, Halsey is actually a former F-18 pilot and revealed that he also saw many UAPs in the February of 2004 while flying for Japanese airline Jalways from Japan to Honolulu. So some of these are the same skies. And so in the incident there, he had three disks descended into the atmosphere, then stopped midair, pivoted 30 degrees while maintaining their triangular formation, and then blasted off beyond the horizon at a 1,000 miles per hour in his estimation. And so he's now working closely with Ben Hansen, former FBI agent and the host of Discovery Plus show UFO Witness. And so he's getting in close contact with other witnesses that have been coming forward, compiling what's turning out to be a considerable considerable number of UFO sightings taking place out here in the Pacific Coast. Dave, I know you're in on it and you're excited about it. Hopefully as excited as me. Um, So much data pouring in. Give us what your opinion is. Well, I'll tell you right now, when you get hot spots like that Catalina Island area and that triangle that we see in there, you got to have almost 24-7 surveillance on that. You really do. I mean, what is going on there is so impressive. And the work that Ben Hansen is doing, and, and trust me, people, you know, Ben Hansen, he may be a big television star in our fringe field, but he doesn't have that ego that goes along with it. He He truly wants to try and find out what is going on. I'm in a private chat group with Ben, and he is very active, very polite, and and just seeking knowledge from wherever he can he can get it. And I think that he is onto something. I I don't know if it's portals or why they're using that as a as a common ground, but there is something active going on there, as we know. And the more investigation that's done, 
you'd never know when you have cameras on what they're going to catch. I think what they need to do is they need to almost find the epicenter of where this is happening, and you're going to have to take some time, and it's going to cost money, but we're going to have to take some time to set up almost like a a permanent camera or two in that area, Tim. And I know it's going to be hard because the ocean is right there and Megalodon is swimming on through, let alone all the great white sharks that are in that area. But we almost need to, to put a buoy or something out there or two out there right in the epicenter, put some cameras up in the sky because these things are coming in from somewhere. Is it, right. is it the portal that they caught on Terror in the Sky? Is it something else? Okay. Are they coming from the water? You know? Right. And it, right. And just to break in here very quickly, um, let's also consider the recent episode of Unsolved Mysteries, uh, season three, episode two, about the sightings over Michigan back, I believe, in the late 90s. And that was corroborated by a number of people. And one of the corroborated sightings by not only a meteorologist that caught these on radar, but a witness, a group of witnesses that were down on the ground actually said they didn't see the UFO itself. But what they did see was a waterfall of white water being sucked up out of the ocean at the campsite that they were at. And, um, it just went straight up into the sky, up into the clouds. And this was at the same time that the meteorologist was reporting um, that he had them at, I think, 6,000, 6, 6,500 feet, something that would have been perhaps out of eyeline to the witnesses. So very interesting corroborating information that maybe they're harvesting water, perhaps, or at least in this potential situation, they were sampling the water. Um, investigating. Very interesting that we're getting these similar reports also on the East Coast back in history. And so very exciting stuff. You're absolutely right. Thanks for letting me break in. I just thought it'd be important for people to know they can get a little more information on that. No, I think you're absolutely bang on with it. And Ben Hansen, you know, is going to the areas. But how nice is it, Tim, that we actually have pilots now that are no longer afraid to make the call or to take that film and go public. I mean, just a, a few years ago, these people would have been grounded. They would have been fired not that long ago. Right. But in this new report, unfortunately, we are seeing that these pilots are being silenced. Now, they are able to report it, but they're not being encouraged to talk about it. In fact, in this quote, they're asked, quote, keep quiet about the UFOs, according to the new report. And so that's very cut and dry and very clear that they're okay with getting the reports, but they don't want people talking about it. Why Um, do you think that is? Well, we'll find out when uh, NASA tells us what they don't know. Right. Uh, we got three and a half minutes quickly here. We got to get to George Knapp. Oh, you really want to hit that story? Okay. Just I'm going to have it. to search that out. Stand by. Um, my bad, buddy. I actually just jumped out of it. Oh, uh, if you lost it, that's okay. We'll get to it. Oh, here we go. Okay. Yep. I've got it. So, 
In a brand new article here from How and Why, George Knapp believes this U.S. company helped the government in reverse engineering UFOs. And so I'm just going to breeze down here to the good stuff because we do do go into a little bit of controversial physicist Bob Lazar, how he spoke long ago about the long alleged secret U.S. program, but in particular, Radiance Technologies. Again, Radiance Technologies, Inc. is an employee-owned small business prime contractor, and it has over 900 employees working in more than 15 U.S. and international offices. It serves customers in Defense and Department of Defense, DOD, National Aeronautics and Space Administration, quote-unquote, NASA, the National Intelligence Committee, and the Department of Homeland Security, DHS other government organizations, and selected commercial customers, which is a little bit vague. But in Congress, uh, now they're passing a bill that's going to become law that would allow funding to reverse engineer some of this UFO technology. And so we're going to see more and more of this happening. But it's interesting that we're now able to call out certain companies that we're seeing with some of this breakaway technology. I'm wondering what red flag went up with this particular company for uh, George Knapp, because there's nothing specific about what drew his attention to that in this article. But we know there must be something. Dave, what are your thoughts on this very interesting article being brought to our attention? Well, this is what I will say. George Knapp for 40 years has been an esteemed award-winning journalist of just, uh, I think he's a, a journalist of integrity. I know there's a lot of people out there who may not agree with me on that because of his connections in the UFO world. But for me on a professional level and as a, as a fellow journalist, I, I'm a giant fan of George Knapp. And if he's onto something like that, it tells me a couple of things. Number one, he's been tipped off to a story. And that story is going to be about what company may be hiding this technology, okay? Or working on engineering this technology or wherever it may go. We got to pay attention because the one thing that I've learned about George Knapp over the years is when he speaks to him, we need to listen. We don't need to shut up. You may not agree with him. You may not like him. That's irrelevant. Listen to the message. Like I said, I'm a big fan of George Knapp. Fantastic beard and hair combination. Let's just be honest. Okay? And I know that if George Knapp speaks, there's something to it. And that's where I'm going to draw the line on that one. Yeah, I'm 100% with you on that. And believe me, you know I'll be digging deeper to find out what led him to this because obviously there was a reason that he decided on this company. Um, now true. we know this is probably just one of many, but we'll have to see what they're producing and uh, see if there looks like anything that could stand out or be runaway technology of some sort, because that would be the, uh, the big red flag if they're, um, you know, their components are going into technology that is cutting edge. You know, because I'm I'm pretty sure that the triangles that people are seeing, some could be ours, right? And, um, you know, they say that 50 years in advance, technology is what we're seeing. You got that right. Little Timmy Senor, we'll talk to you in a couple nights time with another UFO report. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. 
Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up with the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. Spreaker, YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter, hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Woo Train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. If you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. Hey, Seaspire Country, circle up. Inflation has hit us hard, so here's what we're going to do. We're giving you 12 months of free service on any new line. Together, we're fighting back with our best deal in wireless history. We call it Inflation Retaliation. Get your wireless plan free for 12 months with any new line activation. Because in Seaspire Country, we look after our own. Requires new line activation and 36-month service obligation. Early termination fee applies. See Seaspire.com for details. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags.